Hi, I'm Marty. I'm Dave. I'm John. I'm Aaron. And this is Door 14 Hockey. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Door 14 Hockey Podcast. I'm your host Marty alongside Dave. Hello. And Aaron. Hey. Uh, No John tonight. <laughs> is he still sick in some hotel in Birmingham? I I don't know. Um, yeah, he did say he was he was on the sick list this morning. Um, I don't know what he's I don't know what he's up to now. Um, he's just he's not here. Yeah, not, not, um, watching not watching hockey, and uh, he's been a wall pretty much for the last what week and a half, maybe two weeks, and he's not going to be here for the first game of the season. Just so we can get that in there that he's no. not going to be here for the first. What Mr. kind of hockey fan is he? Like Mr. Press Pass can't go to the game. What kind of fan is he? Um, yeah, he, uh, he did, he, he has sent in some stuff for this podcast just in terms of his... To be fair, he sent in more stuff than I. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we will see that as we go through our, our period one, two, and three, that, uh, some of us have maybe done more work than others. <clears throat> um, or someone's done all the work. All the work. <laughs> me. Put my hand up. Can't see me. Um, guys, how's it going? All good. Yeah, not bad. Um, we... I would say we have an action, uh, a, a stacked episode, but we don't really. Um, so this will probably maybe be a quick one. Although we've said that in the past, and then we've ended up being some of our longest podcasts by saying that. Um, but um, we will get stuck in um, quite quickly. Uh, for anyone who is new to our show, uh, as someone once said, each show can be someone's new show, uh, someone's first show. Uh, this is a hockey podcast uh, that just looks at the general world of hockey, um, covering both uh, UK hockey as well as international and across the pond um it's just a look at just different stories that catch our attention that we want to talk about and yeah that's pretty much sums it up really quickly um so if we're happy enough we'll get stuck into our period one of hockey Okay, period one of hockey is a roundup and a coverage of all the local hockey um, around the UK. Uh, I just want to start this um, this ep- this period, if that's okay, um, before we get stuck into the actual action that's happened over this last um, week or two. Um, I just wanted to start in with uh, this kind of just a little um, roundup, or not a roundup, I just want to start with off of this story. Um, obviously, for um, fans around the UK, uh, fans of local um, Sheffield Steelers, as well as across the UK, um, would be very much aware of um, Sheffield Steelers fan Vicky Tom Thomas, who um, over the last number of years, um, her her husband actually played for the Steelers and played for the for the team. Um, uh, over this last week, unfortunately, Vicky has um, lost her battle with cancer, um, against breast cancer. Um, this past Monday, uh, obviously. Us here at the Door Fourteen Hockey Podcast, um, all send our condolences to, uh, her friends and family, um, across the UK, um, and you know they will be remembering, uh, Vicky very fondly at Steeler the Steelers game this common weekend against the Manchester Storm, um, with forty at forty four seconds with a, a a noise of remembrance for in her memory, uh, the Steelers are also going to be wearing a special pink uh, hockey beats cancer jersey, um, for the warm up shirts. Um, with uh, VT as the initials on the front um, and the famous Thomas number 44 on the back. Um, I think there's a number of other teams. I know that uh, Nottingham Panthers have announced that this weekend they're going to do a collection as well um, in her memory um, for her family 
and I'm aware that um some of the other teams around the league are trying to do some uh pink skate pink and a couple of other pink rink um events as well to mark um her passing. Uh, we are really sorry to hear that, and we send our condolences as I mentioned. Okay, with that, um, we will move on to um, our regular uh, podcast. And we're just going to start off, obviously, this past week um, has seen the start of actual action within the Elite League, both in cup action and league action. So it's very early days, and we always start our podcast off with doing a quick roundup of league standings. So as I say, it's very early days um, with each team. Well, most teams have only played one game, apart from Coventry and Sheffield, who've played two games in the league so far. Um, at the moment, the way it looks, it is Nottingham sit top there with uh, two points from one game. Manchester Storm sits second with two points from one game. Coventry Blaze, two points from two games. And Sheffield Steelers, two points from two games. Um, funny enough, at the bottom then, you have Dundee Stars with no points from one game. And they get Guildford Frames with zero points from one game. Uh, Cardiff, Fife, Belfast and Glasgow have not yet played in league action. Um, and that won't be coming... I don't think anything's going to think this weekend. Well, Cardiff think are playing in league action this weekend, but I know the Giants and Glasgow clan, I think this weekend is actually Challenge Cup game, if I so, remember yeah. correctly. Um, so that that's a cup game um, for this weekend for the Giants. Only um, slightly excited for this weekend. I can't wait for this weekend. Um, <laughs> it's going to be a, it's going to be a good one. Um, I always enjoy the the start of the season. Um I was enjoy that first game as well, and I, they announced as well the Belfast Giants. We are for anybody who's listening for the first time, we try to be as best as possible neutral <laughs> as best as we can inverted, co- In comments, inverted commas uh, uh, because realistically deep down we're actually really um big giants fans so therefore we do have a bit of a bias um being our local team um but yes this weekend will mark uh, the first game of the season um without well, first game of the season competitively because we've already had that in the chl which we'll talk about in period two but it's our first uh av- adventure in our domestic um competition within the cup um where we take on glasgow clan um, and also it'll be our raising of the banner this weekend as we'll well do the banners, this weekend. the banners this weekend on saturday the giants will be raising the uh the banners to mark the win last season of the uh league as well as the cup um, uh, shields's jersey they haven't mentioned actually i don't know if they're going to do that this weekend or if they're going to do like a shields like like no just like a day? appreciation day like they, don't else, they did so they might do they might hold on and they might I, do I'm appreciation still, night i'm still waiting on i'm signing for the snl considering they're signing everybody else i know i did see that snl team and i thought to myself that's uh there's quite a few legends in that yeah. team just alone um and this, Shane johnson yeah. this past weekend they've um <laughs> they've mentioned the belfast giants uh, snl team have mentioned uh this past weekend they announced the signing of uh graham walton, graham walton. um yeah. which was like oh wow Surprising. okay that was a bit of a surprise one was. i was not expecting that at all but um, yeah, um, I know they didn't get off to a good start within their first game. I know they were beaten in their first game against Solway, was it? Yeah. Was bit, it struggle, bit of an uphill struggle. Bit of an uphill struggle. It's early days, you know, they're only playing for the first time. But I think the most, uh, well, just because we're talking about it, we may as well keep talking about it. But I think what was really great was uh, there, was a fo- there was a video, or a photo put out, um, and it showed uh, both father and daughter, Caitlin, yeah. Caitlin and Mark Morrison, uh, playing together uh, on the ice in the first ga- the first competitive oh, game class. together. It was really cool. It was a really nice little uh, photograph that was taken from behind. Um, and it was like number regular number 20. And I think Caitlin's in number 16, I think, yeah, if I noticed correctly. Um, so, uh, yeah, really, really nice photo. But uh, back to our standings. Um we digress there slightly. Um, looking at the cup, we have uh, a few games being played in the Challenge Cup, uh, mostly in uh, Group A. Um, group A sees Dundee Stars, Five Fires, Glasgow Clan, and the Belfast Giants. 
um, in that group, and that started not last weekend, the week before. Uh, Dundee Stars currently sit top of that uh, group with three games played and four points. Five Flyers sit in second there with two games played and two points, and Glasgow Clan, three games played and two points. Buffett's Giants yet to play. Uh, and the only other group that has played is Group C, which is Sheffield Steelers, Nottingham Panthers, and the Manchester Storm. Sheffield and Nottingham took on each other in uh, back-to-back uh, games there, and one in Sheffield and then one in Nottingham. Big Two games played, two points each. Biggest rivalry in hockey, indeed. <laughs> um, and that's how that stands at this time. Um, guys, should we start off with... Um, our predictions for the season, seeing as we're at it at the moment. Yeah. Um, <laughs> normally, we usually do our predictions um, d- before the season starts, but we never got a chance to do it in our last podcast. Um, what we do, and it's been historical over the last few years, has been we do make our, a slight prediction around who we think is going to walk away with the silverware within the league. So we look at the who's going to take away the League Cup, who's going to take away the Challenge Cup, and also who do we think is going to take away the Playoff Championship. Now, as Belfast Giants fans... And because we do have a bias, what we have always, the way we have always put it is if it's not the Belfast Giants, because yeah. at the end of the day, I feel we have a strong enough team this season yeah. that we could walk away with it all. I've got to say that now. Um, watching this team has been amazing so far. Um, but if it's, if the Giants aren't the winners, who do you think will take those cups? Um, so let's start off with our league Uh championship uh if it's not the belfast giants who do you think has the ability to go to the distance dave we'll start with you the league yeah um i yeah i still there's in my opinion if it's not the giants there's only one other team that i can see win this year that's card devils card devils um i got the prediction wrong last year with thinking it was the steelers um because they sort of fell apart in the middle of the year but for the league for the league that <clears throat> that um long haul 50 whatever games i think there's only one team that's got the sort of stand par and i think it's the uh, Garth devils they've got the depth through every line um they've already proven how good they are uh, in the chl um ben bounds isn't getting any worse mm-hmm. you know he doesn't seem to be like every year he seems to improve his game um he seems to as the league improves he improves with it which is amazing um they have a proven coach um who knows how to win and if it's not the giants it's in my opinion it's the only one there that can do it as the card devils yeah uh aaron your thoughts you think there's any any point looking past the devils do you think <clears throat> i was about to say we know what john's answer is my answer is the devils would would you be any different i don't think i'm any different i think you're right i think it's going to be you know no matter what the other two big teams in the league. Um, we always talk that this league is a is a pretty much a a four team four teams the top of their the top of their powerhouses. Obviously, we have teams who come in usually sometimes and surprise us, like of you know Cardiff or Guildford Flames. Well. Yeah, yeah. Manchester one year last year they didn't do anything. Five Flyers always have a good perform a good start and always have a good run of it, and they always look quite dominant um, towards Christmas time. Um, but I think no matter even no matter with the the par that um or the, the 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 amount of money that's been spent um in the other two top teams both Sheffield and Nottingham and and their talk of this year is going to be different and new eras and whatever else, it's hard to look past Cardiff as yeah. the other team. Um, and Dave's already hit on a couple of points already. Ben Bounds is 
it's the deciding factor. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean and, it, and they've already proven themselves. So much of it has to go down to Lord as well, though. You know, um, you're looking at Sheffield and Nottingham, brand new coaching systems. Nottingham's had an overhaul, top to bottom. Mm. Um, new coach in Sheffield. Um, new, both have new netminding structures. Mm-hmm. Both taking different approaches to their netminding. Um, you know, they've had a serious restructure. Now we might know by Christmas if that's worked, but how often has that? been able to spark a league win with that massive change i think that they're both on the winners long term Mm. if they both if those two teams can stop shedding management yep um if they can you know hunker down take it to two three years give them a chance they might actually do really well yeah um and that's what's knocked both of them recently in trophies and i know that they've done pretty well but you know it's It'll just be the time we'll see. I just don't think it's enough for them to win the league. Yeah, I suppose the other the other factor that comes into play, um, which I know I've been reading about and uh, I think has been doing the rounds on social media, is this talk that do Sheffield Steelers actually have a bit of an upper hand in that will it will it be a sneak kind of in with the Sheffield Steelers? Do they get a bit of an upper hand in that they're the only team out of the four teams that don't have any European hockey this season? So you know, obviously we've got our European hockey. We're currently in the, mm. we're currently at the start of it. We have two more games. The Belfast Giants have two more games. So the Cardiff Devils, um, two more games in the CHL. Um, you know, we'll talk about the CHL more in period two, but let's talk about it here. You know, we've got the let's talk about it briefly here. You know, we've got we've got the point where, you know. I don't want to say that the Giants maybe are a bit more of a stroke that well yeah the Giants have a bit more of a work to do in order to maybe progress after this after this round Cardiff Devils look slightly more advanced and slightly look like slightly in a better position yeah. to maybe move into the next stages of the CHL which is massive for oh, for a league team and Nottingham Panthers will do their Continental Cup um is campaign Nottingham, Nottingham yep Continental Cup campaign um that'll be in November time usually around about October November time I mean they've got European hockey coming up Sheffield don't have that. They don't have that that extra, those extra games. Um, you, will that be in their favour? I don't think so. Look at last year. Two teams top one, two had European games. Um, I think it's especially the CHL. Yes, they come off into the first games a bit road weary. But look at the experience they've got out of it. You know, I've always been a big supporter of the CHL. I think it's a great thing. I know some people have it has its distractors. But even if you if you go into it with the right mindset... As long as you don't go into it with that Nottingham mindset where you're going to build a team for it. If you go mm. in and take it for what it is, it's a chance for you to pull a, a team together, in this case the Giants, the Cardiff Devils, to play at a higher level. Yep. You know, these clubs they're playing against. Um, look at uh, Osberg, um, what, 1870 something they were formed, um, single team the whole way through. You know, you're not getting that anywhere else, you know, that and seeing even just playing in that um, arena, the fan atmosphere you're watching it on tv give me goosebumps i don't know what it was like to be in that building yeah um, indeed and th- that's something they'll take away and bring to the domestic you know they'll have that was a proper road uh, game you're know, going to fife it's gonna feel like wee buns mm. compared to that um and i think it only benefits the team yes they're road weary yes they're probably not gonna get off to a flying start but i think that that's not gonna happen them too much yeah yeah it'd be interesting to see but yeah as we say i think uh, it's very hard not to look past cardiff as the the option that you know for for the alternative uh winners because you know let's be honest when you take away the obvious you have to pick someone take away the obvious you have to pick someone um okay moving over to the cup um same again uh if giants can't can't retain the challenge cup 
although let's be honest one legged challenge cup at the moment because yeah, I'm assuming there's going to be a new one on there's this. one arm missing off the cup I can't, um, I can't see one with duct tape turning up <laughs> maybe they will it's got, it's got history um, but if it's not the last year we seen the challenge cup final come down to the Belfast Giants versus the Guildford Flames yeah. which was a great well I don't want to say a surprise, but it was somewhat of a surprise that Guildford got to the place where they got to. And but they put in a great performance yeah. um, last year to get to that point. Um, what do you think this guy this year? Um, I'm going to just put through. Uh, we asked uh, John to put through his opinions on what he thought, and his prediction um, obviously came in the form of the five flyers, which is not unpredictable. No, not not <laughs> um, surprised. So his pick is the, the five flyers as the alternative winners um, for the cup. Uh, Guys, no reason behind it though. No just, reason. Just, just because he's Scottish. Just because he's Scottish and because <laughs> you know it's Fife and he's actually a secret Fife fan anyway. And we all know that anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, um, Aaron, what about you? You know what? Because of because of how they got on last year, I would actually like to see Gilford get it. Hmm. So I would because if they were able to to put in that effort last year, hopefully they can do it again. Give us all not another surprise, but um, actually go the distance. And lift a cup this year. Yeah, I would. I would agree. I mean, I, I, it'd be good. It'll be interesting to see how Guildford take on this year, um, in terms of you know progression through that. I mean, when you look at the, the group stages, that group is always the one that's very interesting, yeah. um, and I think that group is, it's quite. Uh, although they they took on Cardiff last year and they beat Cardiff to 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 get through that round, um, and Cardiff never obviously got past that round that. Did they get through actually in the second part of that round and then they got through to the semis and then got beaten in the semis? I can't remember. But Cardiff obviously took the, the win in that in that group stage. Um, so it will be interesting to see this season who takes that. Um, for me, um, I, I, I don't know. I think... I'm going to get shot for this. Um, I, I think I think the... Uh, Sheffield and Nottingham have a thing... Have, a, have, a, have something to prove this season. I think they need to... Put something, something into the bag. Yeah, I think it's been a while since you know something has been there for the fans and the piece of the fan. I I just think this year the potential for one of one of those two teams to maybe get at least get to the final and 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 can maybe take it. So I, <laughs> please don't shoot me for this, but I I have a feeling that maybe we'll be looking at maybe like a a Belfast Sheffield final potentially if that's possible. Um, and if Belfast don't win it. Sheffield, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, well, He's since ready. you went with Sheffield, I'll go with the flip side of the coin. Um, I do agree with you that Sheffield Nottingham area is it. It sounds really bad, and it's it's shocking to think it. But that 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 is where the vast majority of the hockey fans are are, and that's where the money funds the league. And it's really bad. This, you know, with a, if you have a bad, if you, for example, was to have a really another couple of bad years with Nottingham and Sheffield, and their attendance started to win, that would have a massive impact on the the league, which is terrifying. So, I do think that Nottingham have made enough changes and have recruited well, um, and have made strides in how they're going to look into the future with the likes of Jackson Wiss, um, signing as a um, backup netminder who will challenge for a starter, um. I do think that they have done enough that they will walk away with silverware and I would say Nottingham Panthers for the, the challenge. Okay, yeah. Uh, lastly, uh, this will be the end of the season, but uh, this is looking towards, like, we're talking 
Easter actually. It actually falls on Easter weekend <coughs> this year. This year in April, uh, and that will be the playoff final weekend. Um, no cheap hotels that weekend. No cheap hotels that weekend. It's going to be a tough one. If you don't get in there early, you're not going to get one and cheap enough anyway. Um, so looking ahead to the potential end. Of, we're looking at the end of the season already. But uh, looking at the end of the season, um, playoff final weekend again. If it's not the Giants taking the playoff trophy, uh, playoff championship, who do you think will take it? Uh, you, I'll start off because obviously of of um you you went with the league first and and you mentioned that so uh, I'm gonna go with my my gut for the playoff weekend. Uh, it's gonna be hard to look past, but you know you always see the same teams coming towards the final four. Um, we always like to see it whenever you know certain teams who are home teams who are not home teams <laughs> but aren't home there teams, uh, <laughs> not being there because it always makes us a bit sm- smile a bit inside. Um, but I you know controversially. I'm going to go for maybe a final weekend of the like a final if it's not again if it's not the Giants a final weekend of maybe Devils versus Panthers for the final um playoff final mm-hmm. um I think I think the I think the Panthers just have been out of it for too long um and I I just have a feeling I just there's just something How many years season. have they not been in the Oh, uh, they haven't got around they, they they got into this they got into the right the stage this year but they didn't get anywhere further but it's they haven't been in the fight that final game I don't think in a long time. At least four or five years, anyway. I think maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Don't ask me off the top of my head. I know hockey fans are not. Let us know on Twitter. Let us know. Someone else <laughs> know better than us. But um, yeah, um, again, people are going to shoot me for this one, but I, I, I just think Panthers maybe taking this for the first time in a long time. Nah. Um, <laughs> nah. Um, d- uh, Aaron. Uh, John has put in just as probably just as controversial. Uh, John has put in the Sheffield Steelers as his choice for playoff championship this season. Um, again, no real reason. Um, maybe he can give us his reasons at another point. But yeah, his his choice is the Sheffield Steelers. Um, Dave, go with you. Um, so I'll go. With, like I'll say this. I say this every year when we talk about the playoffs. What is it? Eight games, six games to win a trophy. Whatever it is, really mm-hmm. not very many. Um, so anybody can win it if yep. they get a good run. I'm going to go with the Coventry Blaze um, because they're another team that last year I thought looked really well. Um, they're relatively stable, good coach. I think they signed okay. Now I haven't kept up to it as much as I probably should have. Um, they looked good in the few games I think they've played. I've certainly seen them play something. Or maybe it's just been warm-up games. Um, but I think that they are due... Um, something. Um, I do think they'll get to the final four, and I think if any team gets to the final four, any team has a chance to win it. Um, mm-hmm. It really doesn't. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You can call your stats and look at how often head to heads go and all that, but it really just comes down to the it's day. A different weekend. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that uh, on the weekend, any of them could take it, and I think Coventry Blues would have a stand a good chance if they get through to the final. Yeah. Okay. Aaron, lastly, I'm sitting here thinking, and I'm. <laughs> It's as Dave says, it really is. You're, you're just literally just trying to figure out who the final four are and if out of that, who could be. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm going to go Devils again. Okay. So I am. Um, yep. I think that's a safe bet. <laughs> um, yeah you probably would be quite safe there going with that. Obviously they'll, they'll, they'll aim to try and retain that. They won it last season, obviously. Um, so they're going to obviously... Of course, that's underneath the Giants, as always. Okay. But, but 
Yeah. If, if the Giants fumbled for whatever reason. <laughs> Again, this is all this is all pre 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 mentioned by the fact that like you know if the Giants aren't the winners because obviously that's to be honest we we think they're going to take it all. Yeah. Um, I think I think I'm a bit I'm a bit swayed by seeing how Cardiff have been playing at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. And I keep I keep going back to how they're playing at the moment. I'm like okay if they if they keep that up. Yeah, we. I mean, we want we will want to talk about this in period two a bit more, but uh, yeah, it's it's tough when you look at the current you know European action and we look at the we look at the 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 caliber of of teams that both Belfast Giants and Cardiff Devils are currently playing in those in those leagues. Yeah, and just how well they're holding their own and how well they're playing and the points they're gaining and it's 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 a it's a it's a positive thing for the elite league to showcase the elite league is kind of springboard maybe to another point where they're, they're you know they're showing that they are a lot more competitive than not just this little league that making basically is people, people people making the numbers and people have taken um you know we'll, we'll talk about it fully um because i've got i've got a couple of points i want to make but yeah whenever they get in they're stuck into the league action and, ch- and cup action this league is going to be interesting when it comes to face to face with both those teams yeah. okay Do you think our predictions are going to be any more successful than our stanley cup predictions <laughs> um <laughs> probably we've, we've got slightly Hope, hard chance with this <laughs> hopefully, hopefully not hopefully yes yes yes, <laughs> hopefully yes. Not. <laughs> indeed indeed um okay we're gonna look at um just the first first our um little bits of stories for this period when we don't have a lot but um first one is just um i wanted to mention because we've been talking about this um coming up uh we talked about this last season um we had talked about the new team for the um it leads in the Leeds franchise playing in the NIHL national campaign for the 1920 2019 and 2020 season uh so their inaugural season will start as of this coming weekend uh, and that is the Leeds Chiefs um this past week the Leeds team have unveiled their three jerseys for the season uh they announced their they had the revealed their full team and they will go up against uh their first competitors this coming weekend in the form of the Sheffield Steel Dogs on Sunday. Steel Dogs. Um, <laughs> guys, we, we've we been talking about this Leeds franchise um, for a while because we had surmised and we had been talking about the fact that, you know, when they first were mentioned that these Leeds were coming in, there was a lot of, you know, discussion around was this Leeds team going to be going straight into NIHL? Were they going to be yeah. come up into the Elite League? Was it going to be that they were going to go down and test in the NIHL first to see you know, test a foot in the water for the area to see what kind of, you know, fans and followership they're, uh, following they're going to get. And will that maybe progress at some point to maybe a Leeds team of this Leeds franchise making that step up and coming in the Elite League maybe in the future? Um, Which obviously with Elite League's comments in the previous, at the end of last season being, you know, we're open to all offers for all teams coming, you know, in the future. Um, So it's a possibility. Um, They're about to start their campaign um so we'll obviously see how that goes um so let's get your thoughts first off we like a good jersey on this t- on this uh talking about a good jersey on this t- um podcast uh your thoughts uh on the jerseys they look pretty pretty standard pretty okay that's like i was gonna say they're not a good jersey but i, I i'm not a fan of the jersey <laughs> <laughs> they look they don't look like i know i know why they've done it because they picked chiefs as the name and they don't want to jump two foot in the cultural reappropriation um so they've just went i lc i still don't know why they went with chiefs yeah 
I don't. It was a vote. See, so well, the vote didn't have Chiefs. This win. is the whole thing. This is the whole thing. So it was a is vote. this a Bodie McBoat face? Yeah, that's <laughs> <laughs> exactly what it was. So um, the whole thing was that the Chiefy McChief. So the whole idea <laughs> was that the fans were allowed to were going to be allowed to decide the name of this new franchise. Okay. They didn't pick the Chiefs because I don't think the Chiefs were even on the list that was originally put forward for the fans. Um, I can't remember what was it. The Leeds something it was really bad i think but it was it was i think the fans all seen it was an option they were like oh, let's just go with this one because it's hilariously funny name <laughs> um and the fans all picked the na- this alternative name but at the end of it when it first when it actually finally came to naming the team the ownership of the team said oh well actually we were just saying it like you know we weren't giving the fans the final decision you know we were always going to make the final decision we were just kind of wanting the fans being involved with like a a discussion around what it possibly could be and then they obviously went with the chiefs I'm I'm with you guys. I think it, it, not much of an identity though. The jersey itself seems okay. The 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 branding that they've went with, the logo and the branding that they've went with for the Leeds Chiefs seems a bit lazy. You're right. There's no real yeah. own, there's no real identity for what it could be. It feels like they've just put together a couple of circles and they've just thrown the name on it. They've not really went with any kind of thing. You know, they've not went any kind of real yeah. It's a bit disappointing. So I have the the voting options here and apparently Leeds Chiefs were was there there was the Leeds Chiefs the Leeds Mighty Mammoths and the Leeds Cotton Kings I think the Mighty Mammoths would have been class I think the Cotton Kings is the one I think was chosen but the Cotton Kings is appropriate because I'm really certain that Leeds is Cotton yep and is it not also a name well not Cotton Kings but is there not a name in the AHL Cotton something in their title I don't remember but you know you want to have a connection to your place Yep. You know, you don't want to have, like, uh, the Coventry Blaze is to do with the Blitz, you know, and it's things like that. And there's a um, Steel, Steelers is Steel, Sheffield. Yeah. Uh, Panthers, there's a legend of a Panther in that area, you know, yep. big, massive. There, there might be something kind of to do stuff. with the Chiefs at, somehow. <laughs> maybe there's a really, really <laughs> famous cop we don't know yeah, about. Maybe yeah, the original, yeah. like, Chief of, Maybe like, Chief Wiggum's, the yeah. actor that does Chief Wiggum is from there or something like yeah, that. Yeah, maybe we're missing something. Maybe there is also a mighty mammoth that comes from Leeds. I think <laughs> maybe, maybe there was a mammoth that was on unearthed. Yeah, yeah, maybe yeah. like there, I don't know. We could yeah. be missing something, but it just it seems. But could you imagine the branding? Imagine the logo they could come up with with a mammoth. Yeah, yeah. And you wouldn't get accused of the appro- cultural appropriation for the amazing logo they could have for the chiefs. Yes. You know. Yeah, I mean they they will be playing away this weekend in Sheffield, um, and then they'll play their own. I think they're playing their own building in a few weeks' time. Um, their own building's a good size, like Allen two thousand. It's Allen Road, so it's actually near the old. I don't know if the Leeds football team still plays from Allen Road, but they used to. Um, so it's close to there. But um, you see yeah. that they'll be able to order their replica jerseys at the weekend. Already, at least, at least <laughs> they can order replica jerseys. <laughs> Sorry, Gilford. <laughs> Sorry, Gilford. Um, uh, but yeah, so we'll we'll obviously be looking. Well, I won't say we'll be looking at that intensely over the season, but we will. We'll you keep know, an keep an eye we'll on keep an eye because it will be interesting to see. Just you know, obviously with this whole with the whole rumors originally coming from the fact that you know the Leeds team were originally tied to maybe to come into the elite league at some point. We'll wait and see what happens, and we'll see how they do in that league. But we just thought we'd mention that because obviously we had talked about it in the previous seasons, and now we're the colors are very the colors are very similar to the Leeds football team. Am I right in saying? Actually, you could be right. Yeah, although it's been a while, but yeah, I think don't they play? In, did they play in blue? Blue. The logo, yellow? I think, is blue. The, it's blue and yellow is their logo. Because yeah. we we love football here. We, we know we, we know we're, it, know we're it big well. into football, yeah. soccer ball, and whatever you want to call it. Yeah, <laughs> football, foosball, football. Yeah. Uh, we're, we know a lot 
Um, okay, moving on. Um, so the next story I have kind of kind of links in actually with our penalty box segment. Um, <laughs> but uh, I think we may as well um, talk about this first. So this uh, over the last week, uh, the first weekend of action uh, in the league, it was in the form of the Challenge Cup, and it's seen the. Glasgow, sorry, I was going to say Brayhead there again. Glasgow clan take on the Dundee Stars in one of the first actions of the weekend um, in the Challenge Cup. Uh, now, that took place in Dundee's arena um, and it was a bit of a hit, shall we say? Yes. Controversial or not, um, well. some people will say, well, controversial enough that it resulted in a one-game suspension, if I remember correctly, for a check into the head. Have you got a link to for, that? Yeah. So, um, Eglis Kane um, from Dundee um, put on a late check to... Um, yeah, did you find it there? Um, so, yeah. as I was saying, uh, suspe- he was suspended for one game for a check to the head um, to um, Glasgow Clans defenseman uh, Craig Moore. Um Play becomes uh, so. There's a bit of a. It was a hard hit. It was a bit of a hit to the head. Um, shoulder made. It looks like the shoulder made a lot of contact to the head. Um, there's a lot of force in the fall in in Moore's fall. Yeah. Um, he did hit the ice quite. It looked quite he- quite heavy. Um, he did. He did look very hurt. He did look very hurt. Um, regardless of the in- regardless of injury or whatever it was. Um, it was a quite a. It looked like a dangerous enough check. Um, and it resulted in uh, a one-game suspension for um for um, Callens from Dundee Stars. Um, uh, as part of that, then the, the, I mean, as part of that, what, what response came from that? Um, I don't know if you guys had seen this video. Um, but as a response, there was um, Zach Fitzgerald who has taken over as the head coach of the Glasgow Clan. Um, two things happened in this game which were quite interesting. First one was obviously his interaction with the fans, shall we say. Yes. Um, we'll say interaction with the fans because that's pretty much what it was. The fans, there was a video, there is a video going around, there is a video obviously of the highlights and stuff um, of Dundee, um, which we will put up hopefully for you guys to check out um, and you can check it and see. But around about the 32 minute mark on the video is when the actual incident takes place on the ice. Um, and after the hit happens, the fan reaction in the arena was quite loud. Um, it was quite a bit of jibes, a bit of jeering and whatever else. And Sex Fitzgerald maybe loses his cool a bit. Um, maybe doesn't go too... He gets a bit animated. doesn't get too aggressive towards the fans, but he gets very animated in that he, he definitely interacts with them, which gourds them into basically giving it a bit more. Um, to the pack where Fitzgerald then kind of turns around and, and gives him a bit of thing. And there's a video... There is a video... Although I cannot find an ice in it on the night and it, it was a close up. It was taken from the stand from a fan on the stands um, of his interaction with one particular fan who stands up and gets in Zach Fitzgerald's face. And there's quite a bit of like, you know, a bit of chirping going on, a bit of whatever it is. No matter what, my question, I suppose to you guys was, you know, it is it's one of those arenas where the fans can get very close access to the head coaches like and whatever Fife. else. A bit like Fife, a bit like, you know, any of those rinks, like I think Manchester was the same, where you could kind of get right quite, quite close to the play- yeah, for the coaches and the players. Player, the fans are raised and forward. Yep. So and you're right there. Cardiff, you know, Cardiff Bay was about the same. And there's very little in the way of plexi. There's very little in the way of, you know, kind of any kind of way of protection for them. Now, this is a player that had to be stretched off the ice. Uh, well, yeah, did they, no, they didn't stretch him off in the end, but they brought a stretcher on <laughs> He did in preparation play, to come off. Think. But he did have to skate off, obviously, because he was busted open and I think he took a head injury anyway. 
But my question is, you know, we've seen coaches' reactions before. Um, this is a question of, do you think dops or something on the night should have happened, should have took place in order to, you know, say to, you know, the head coach of the Belfast, of the uh, Glasgow clan that maybe this wasn't the right thing to do in interacting with the fans? There was a few things that Fitzy did that there was interaction on the day. On the day. Yeah, coaches shouldn't be interacting with the fans. It doesn't matter what they say. You know, their, their, their job is to put you off your game. Um, yes, they're meant to be respectful, but as we've seen in Europe, the fans aren't always respectful. Um, they can get a bit rowdy and they look at the thing that matters to them the most. And fans can get rowdy without realising how, how bad, how bad was, the yeah. head is. That all they've seen is their their team hit the other guy down. Yeah. Way Yeah. And, 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 the first, and, and they move on, you yeah, know, yeah. without realising how bad the hit was. So Yeah, and then there's some talk but obviously that you know, the fans' reaction isn't normal as everyone else. You know, whenever they realised how badly injured he was, I think there was a, you know, there was realisation. I think the problem came in that because Sick Fitzgerald reacted in the way he did and he interacted with the fans and he goaded the fans and he started like kind of, not the fans, but like, you know, it's very disrespectful. I think what the fans were trying to say is we were reacting to the hit like you just mentioned. Yeah, yeah. But I think with him interacting more with fans, I think that got them riled up more. Yeah. So it came across a bit more, a bit fuel disrespectful. Fire. Yeah, fuel to the fire. Yeah. And Definitely. Th- but he didn't really help himself because the second point was that that it didn't just stop that reaction. He took it onto Twitter after the game yep. and started having a go with um, Holland, the backup netminder for the Dundee Stars. And he, the, uh, rightly as he did, Holland was defending his fans, saying that they have no idea how injured he was. They were just reacting to the game. That's their job, to react to the game. And... Fitzy was bang straight on him. And again, I can understand why they're doing it. But both of these guys are professionals. You need to really think before you tweet. And yep. we all know that Twitter gets a lot of people in trouble. And Doesn't seem to get the president in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's in a, he's in a, a, a cold category on his own. We won't even get into that. So I would have, you would always hope that all these individuals would take, think about it before they tweet. What does that do to your brand, to your yeah. image? And especially Fitzy. He is the public face. Um, he is the image of the Glasgow clan um, in the same way as Adam Keefe has to embody everything about the Belfast Giants. Fitzy should be doing the same. And if that's what he's doing, does that mean that's the way that he's teaching his club to react? Mm. Um, which is even more worrying. Now, I know that they weren't the aggressors in Verticomas. They didn't come away with a ban from this. It was all on the um, Dundee Stars. Dundee Stars have to think about this. Um, going forward, the player was highlighted that dangerous play and all that jazz, and you know they have to think about it. But that's one player for the Dundee Stars. Fitzy's the the picture for the uh, Glasgow. The face. Well, yeah. sticking with Fitzy. Um, What's he done else? Is he? <laughs> well, this is also this is also this is post game. So this is a post Dundee game. Um, now, if you haven't seen this, this is the quintessential way to. Uh, do an interview, a post game interview, <laughs> when you're really hacked off. If you were, if you want to see the 40, 44 minutes of the most, uh, forty four seconds of the most awkward interview interaction yeah, with that. an interviewer in the whole entire world, go watch Sex Fitzgerald. We'll put the video up. Sex Fitzgerald's post game interview after that Dundee game. It is like pulling 
teeth for this pure interviewer. This pure interviewer tries his best to interact with Zach Fitzgerald and it is the most cringeworthy. He's just shrugging it off. Oh, it's just like, like the first question that he was asked was, what's your, uh, how do you feel about that? And he was like, no, it wasn't good. Yeah. It's a bit like <laughs> that was just like it was bad. It was bad. And then the interviewer's like, "Okay, um, what can you and, take away from and this? what can you take away from it?" And he's like, mm, "Not very much." <laughs> it's just like really bad. It's just really bad. If you haven't watched, if you haven't seen it, watch it. It's it's cringeworthy. It's the point where I feel really awkward watching it. And I actually felt it myself. You know, if you're if you know that you've got nothing good to say and you're gonna have this, if you're in a really negative space, negative area, maybe it isn't a bad idea to take follow. You know, a certain Sheffield Steelers well, coach from previous season and just maybe not take. I was gonna say we <laughs> talked about this recently. Yeah, where we talked about last year, obviously, where uh, the Steelers coach. Um, well, they don't have the option Didn't anymore. Didn't show up. I was going to say, but the outcome of that conversation was what we said that you should, coach should always yeah, be there to give well, an interview. given how awkward this one was, I'm yeah. <laughs> changing yeah. my opinion because I felt awkward watching this in the pre-interview. It, it, it sounds crazy, but they, they want a post-match interview because there's meant to be a post-match press conference. Mm. Um, that's what these are meant to represent as the post-match press conference so that they can provide you know, updates from both sides. You know, like if it's the uh, NHL, there's a post-match press conference with the two coaches and stuff, and it's done proper, like, hands up, ask questions. Um, and it's something similar, but just to disseminate some information. What they should be doing is sending somebody. Mm. May it be, you know, they should be bringing the assistant coach, like um, Nottingham did quite a bit, even before they got rid of their, their coach. They would have sent down um, your man, Dick Frosnian, and, you know, Strachan, and he would answer the questions. And he would have been, you know, a lot more club image based. You know, yeah. they done they played really well, overcame adversity. Some of it's very cliche. Some of it's very you know exactly what's going to say during a loss. Yep. But it puts in a face to the club, club a voice for the club. Done. Yep. Everyone's happy. Yeah. Um, to go in and do that and be so annoyed with the result that you're just shrugging it off, even if he had said, "Give me twenty minutes." Grab me whenever we're leaving. I'll give you a quick two, three answers. I'm not in the right mind space, you know. Or, uh, but I don't think he would. I don't think twenty minutes would have got him out of that mind space. No, but going by the Twitter conversation and stuff like that, yeah, it's, yeah. it might it, it might have made that him, was him. But he could have sent somebody else. You know, he could have said, "Well, I can't do it. Here's yeah. the captain." Yeah. Or I can't do it. Here's somebody. Yeah, yeah. You know, here's the equipment manager. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um. Or. I don't have. I, I can't give a leveled response. Um, for this interview. What can we do? Yeah. You know, can we send you one post match after or something? You know. Yeah. And then send that into Dundee. Um, mm. Something. But yeah. I know that the league wants these to come out. It would have been worse in a proper press conference environment where you're, you know, it could be, me, you, the man on the moon asking questions, and then you end up with something that's maybe more hits the nail on the head and sends him berserk yeah you know, yeah i have to say one thing that i did i did take away from that is that the interviewer was amazing yeah he kept his cool and he, he done the best he could in, in every <laughs> situation t- there's a couple of big sighs there was a few moments where he was like <sighs> yeah <I> was like, <laughs> that's another question ask another but question he done really well he and did he kept on at it and he didn't just let it drop and that was really good you're right um so all all credit to him 
Um, sticking with, um, so we've already mentioned one uh, instant in our penalty box for period one. So let's stick with our penalty box segment for period one and we'll move on to the other two penalties of note that have happened in the Elite League over the course of the first few games. Uh, this next one is comes in the form of an incident that happened on Sunday the 1st of September involving the Panthers' Brett Bulmer um, during the game against the Sheffield Steelers. Um, he was, uh, he took a penalty for kneeing. Um, and it was reviewed by the by DOPS um, under disciplinary. There was supplementary disciplinary taking place under category one, which is seen as Curtis. Um, it was believed that there was insufficient attention um, or thought to avoid harm, um, which has resulted in the um, Nottingham Panthers player Brett Bulmer taking a two-game ban um, for for this one. Um, we talked about this prior. We've talked about this previously. And we talked about this in pre-seasons. You know, our previous seasons and especially last season with DOPS kind of maybe taking a bit more of an a bit more um because obviously DOPS has only been around a certain length of time but you know with DOPS obviously taking a bit more of a, a role last season um do we is this is this basically saying is this putting a kind of a marker on the season ahead in that you know for that consistency <laughs> for consistency <laughs> with DOPS but whatever <laughs> you know so should we be looking at you know this kind of uh kind of similar follow-up hits like this or illegal checks like this um, with like, you know, Nian and whatever else, does this, does this put a stamp on, yeah. this is what the level should be then moving forward? Brett, Brett Bulmer, um, the reason he got two as well is because he's a repeat offender and that carried across from last season. Um, okay. So that's why right. it's two and not just one. So there's one for the actual dodgy hit and the second one as a repeat offender. Now, my question is, what else if he does it a third time? Does he get three games? You know, mm-hmm. I don't know how they're building it up, but the, that one in particular, I think, yes, it's a brilliant call. That one is maybe a bit soft, but it is clearly kneeing. Um, it's technically, what is it they call? There's another term for it whenever you use your leg to get in the way. But say it's kneeing. But the, he, he doesn't physically thrust the knee into the person. He extends the knee yeah. uh, into the player's skating path, which causes him to sort of flop over him. Um, now, I don't think it causes an injury in the play. It does look soft until you see it in slow motion, where you see uh, Balmer sort of, move into it and extend the knee um where he's i think suddenly realized he's out of position the guy's going to break past him and he extends the knee to sort of slow him down mm. it shows a disregard for attempt to get the puck which is the issue here i think is that far too many people are taking the body and they mentioned it in the previous penalty we were talking about where they're taking the player out of the puck and not the puck out of the of the player yep. so they're taking players out of the game which is dangerous yeah. and careless and can cause serious health injuries. And it's something you would have seen in the Elite League when me and you, all three of us, were season ticket holders at the very beginning. That was when you had maniacs like Rushton and stuff playing. That, that was their job. They were to take people out of the game, not to take the puck off people. Yep. Um, and the league's moved on. The league's got better. There still seems to be some of these people lingering around, especially when it's a repeat offender. And it usually turns out to be somebody who's been about the league for a while who maybe isn't keeping up. And they're trying to keep up with a new pace. And that's causing issues. Yeah. Not saying that the, the two in this case of that, but that's yeah. usually when you see it. It's yeah. you know, people that are um, sort of starting to lose their edge. Um, Flurry was a good example. That's what, about four years ago maybe now? It's um, long eight years ago no can't remember um, <laughs> the, 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 we're here in Belfast no no uh, remember uh, the guy that played for Hull 
Oh, right. Different one. <laughs> like, well, that's like, a few years ago. Um, yes. Okay. He was amazing when he started. And just before he dropped down to the EPL, he, he, he seen him getting silly penalties and a lot of hooking. God, that must be about EPL. They dropped down to EPL. That must be a good eight years, maybe nine years ago. Jeez. But that's sort of somebody who came in the league with loads of pace, loads of ability. The league improved. He hung about. Um, and then he started getting all these stupid penalties. And it was because he couldn't keep up. Yeah. Drop down. That's a good point. Never thought of it that way. That's a good point. It's Stick. good to see that you've got my type of timekeeping. <laughs> no. oh, but six months ago, or <laughs> yeah. you know. time doesn't mean anything anymore. <laughs> yeah, because I was thinking about this recently. Like, we this is our, this is our thirteenth season. Um, thirteenth season sitting where we were sitting. Like, this is our thirteenth season as Giants fans. Like, following Terrible. the Giants proper, like, like fully, religiously. Mm. like religiously. And it's scary because it doesn't feel like that length of time. Oh, and it's like so you think you're thinking back to like you know those uh, in the first preseason games there there's people talking about players and everything else. And we're like, but sure, that was only yeah. you know it was, My it, was, one was... it was during the the view from the bridge um podcast uh, the, the view from the bridge live thing. They were they were talking. I think it was. Garside was up or no it was Dick, um, Andrew Dick, Dicko was up and he was talking yeah. about you know thing and he was saying about you know where was that and he was looking at the, the signs on the wall and it was actually worth actually thinking yourself oh yeah it actually wasn't that long ago and then you look back and you're like oh yeah that was 2009 that was <laughs> wow that was like that <laughs> ten was 10 years, years ago, ago nearly oh. you're just like that is crazy that's un- that's shocking so when you think of it that way you you do you kind of as seasons like meld into each other you kind of do forget just how long ago some things were I noticed that with um, somebody who went why do I know the Osberg Panthers and I went, that's where Jeffrey Swears went after the Giants. And they were like, Jeffrey who? And I was like, oh, dear God. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny, though. But yeah, it is. It's kind of weird. It's kind of getting to that point where you kind of things do meld and you kind of forget just that, as you mentioned, like, you, you know, you kind of just kind of forget about actually the actual length of things and times of things. Like, it feels like the Giants have won every league, every league since I've been here because you just forget about the ones you lose. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> uh, sticking with the same game and our last penalty um, in the penalty box segment, uh, this is an interesting one. This is Peg Gate, as I like to call it. Um, this was a um, two game suspension for Sheffield Steelers' Michael Davies, um, number 19, who. Um, this is an interesting one. At the time it happened, we, people, were, I think it was quite confusing about what had actually taken place because you could only see certain things. So obviously, we weren't in the arena, so we didn't know what happened at the time. But video footage did come out. Numerous reports um, were gathered um, and supplementary disciplinary took place um, after a number of events that happened at the end of the Sheffield Steelers-Nottingham game um, in which Michael Davies uh, lifted the goal off its pegs uh, before skating away for the presentations. Uh, he skated away with one goal peg um, and pretended to aim it at um, basically towards block six within the arena um, and was pl- kind of tapping it around. Then he collected the other goal peg um, as he was leaving the ice and he, as he was leaving the ice by block 10, because they go out through the Simboni gate, if you remember yeah. correctly, where you go, he threw the, the plastic peg uh, under his arm up at the fans in block 10 um and obviously this was um seen as you know the goal peg was not, like conduct. it wasn't shown with force <laughs> but there was intent to injure um and yeah. it did hit it did go into fans um it did show a lack of respect for the opposing fans um that were in the arena uh 
he did come out and make a an, an apology um something along the lines of like it's a high emotional level blah blah, blah. i'm really sorry for what had happened um and everything else but we've seen these kind of cases before where players maybe have done things like you know we obviously look at the the famous we have, we look at the famous instance over the past where we had uh the likes of okay maybe it's not the same level because obviously there was no physical interaction with the player and the fan where obviously this that happened for um you know nickerson you know where he Clocked physically fan, yeah. interacted with a fan and, and and you know in the instances happened there and he got a pretty much a 50 was it a 50 game ban he ended up taking it for that sort of thing says, please, leave the league. please leave the league but this is an incident where obviously he's throwing something into the crowd you know if it was the other way around that fan would be ejected for life you know if the fan had thrown something on and the if it had a hit a player, player definitely. you know they've been ejected and kicked out of the arena forever but i'm not saying it has to be that level you know he gets kicked out of the league for whatever it was because it, it's not it didn't he throw something you, into the crowd but he's throwing something into the crowd here do you think two games is lenient do you think two games is enough i mean what what's your what's what your did, thoughts uh, what did fitzy get for giving the fans the fingers oh it's a good question it was like six games or something daff was it not uh, for, for that's a good question let's look it up you, you like, give I me your think, opinion on that and i'll check that yeah, out yeah <laughs> like you're not meant like these again i come back to this before this guy is a professional the guy he threw the the guys he threw the peg at are just punters that bought a game to wind up like they're there to yeah. wind up players like they're yes sometimes it's not in good taste yes sometimes it's really insulting but they're the professional not the other way around yeah, yeah. Like, they, like you're the guy the fans that are there aren't doing a job yes yeah. i would hope they would all you know be nice in the commas. um i don't agree with this whole family sport malarkey um but I do think malarkey. That, yeah. uh, <laughs> we're we're a, a PG podcast. Yes. <laughs> um, John's not here, so he's no swearing. Yeah. Um, so you know, and it's the emotions do get the best of people. And yes, I can understand why he maybe did it in the heat of the moment and all that jazz. But again, he has to be held to this. You're a prof- like if I walked in to my office and threw a pen at one of my customers yep there's a good chance i could be sacked yeah. oh, <laughs> just on that uh fitzgerald got a one game suspension for okay that. so oh, it's, it's okay. in keeping because he didn't throw like fitz he didn't throw anything off the ice so but in this case there was but yeah, yeah you're right i mean it's it's an interesting one i i i think so if that if that had clocked if the peg had clocked someone in the head i would have had a, like a child yeah, like I, that's what I was thinking. What if someone was holding their child? I was literally yeah. thinking that. It was I was holding Theo, and this peg came up and hit Theo in the head. Like you'd be, <laughs> I was nearly going to swear there, but it. it, and it, it but would it, would the outcome be different? Mm. Yeah, and it shouldn't. It would be. be. It should be. I think it would be if someone was physically hurt. I think yeah, there would be definitely questions raised. I think it would probably the the the, the suspension probably would have been raised even further. Um, but I think because no one was actually hurt in the altercation or in this throwing incident, I think maybe he's got off slightly yeah. lightly, lighter. I, I don't think that's yeah. right. But I don't think it's right, and I don't. I don't think his well. As you say, it's not. We it's not pretty clever. You can't tell from something that's put in, in writing, but it didn't really. You know, his his apology didn't seem too sincere, but. You can't tell when something's in writing, and we can only say that from what we've read. But um, yeah, it's an interesting one, and it was interesting what you said there about the PG thing and about you know, because um, there is a question I've been thinking about, and this is again maybe this falls into our next period, but you know, within the CHL stuff. But you know, there has been a lot of questions around. You know, how fans become a bit too sensitive yeah. to other things that are going on um, like you know like clutchers. we look at <laughs> yeah, exactly we look at the, we look Won't at somebody think of the children yeah it's it really it's like a oh my god can you believe this happened and it's just like right okay <laughs> there and, was some instances that did happen at that game and we'll talk about it in a second we'll period, talk about it in a second which uh, that were a bit extreme but yeah we'll, we'll 
how about yeah we'll we'll leave it there for the end of period one um and we'll move on to period two so we can get to the chl yeah, talk, talk about the stuff we want to talk about um, so let's get uh round let's round up period one and move straight into our period two of hockey hello and welcome to period two of hockey um this is where we talk about everything we couldn't talk about in period one uh, <laughs> 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 um i don't have a day in history today because i'm severely unorganized and uh, that, that's why and uh, this day in history some time ago something happened to do with yeah. hockey last week the <laughs> card of devils won a game there you go, there you go. that's that this day in history uh, <laughs> um so yeah so we have a few points to talk about i'm assuming we'll talk about the chl stuff at the end or do you want to talk about that at the start we'll start with that and then we'll go on to the stuff that marty has loads to talk about okay uh, <laughs> so the last couple of weeks the giants have been in the chl um, we've had a few things come come out of that. One of which being uh, the Giants taking the first home elite league win um, in the CHL. Yep. Literally followed on the heels by the Cardiff's second home win in the CHL. Um, it's been a for the Giants. It's been very up and down. For, for the Devils too, it's been very up and down. Um, I don't think that the fact that the Devils have came out a little bit in advance does anybody have the scores yep um and we'll have a nosy um i think let's have a nosy get the scares up well let's look at the let's look at the league the tables um and the groups and let's look particularly at the two groups that the elite league teams are in so group c and group we also have a nosy at uh if we can find it the the, where besco is too besco is yeah we'll look at group we'll look at our group we'll look at the groups first of all for first and foremost we'll look at group c obviously group c is where the belfast giants sit with lalea hockey um panthers libric and obviously the giants so um at the moment, the group works as you mentioned. We have one. We had one regulation win, and then we've had one overtime loss, which got us an extra point. Okay, so Giants are sitting on four points from four games played. Which, um, you know, going into this campaign, if someone had told me that we'd be we'd have, we'd have won a regulation game, I, I not to say that I didn't think we. Yeah, hundred percent. I, suppose, I didn't think I the didn't. Giants were going to I do I had set myself up to watching previous years and thinking to myself, well, previous elite league teams have been lucky to take away a point or two yeah. from this league. So the fact that we won our first game and what a game that was in oh, the wow. arena, it was a tough paced game. It was like watching it a was, particular movie, apparently. If you believe a certain <laughs> head coach from Liebrich, uh it was like watching a slap shot movie. Um, but let's be honest, Liebrich gave. A hundred percent as good as they got. Um, and there was a, to the point where, you know, when one player from the Belfast Giants goes out completely injured and is out for about a month injury, you know that there's obviously hard hits coming from both sides. Um, and so it's no, they weren't, weren't, they weren't, they weren't, uh, Clean themselves, weren't holding back themselves. Uh, At the moment, the way that that Group C looks is that Lalea Hockey are sitting with eight points from four games played. Um, Panthers are sitting with eight points from four games played. Liebrich is sitting with four points from four games played and the Giants are also sitting with four points from four games played. Um, so it's quite an interesting one there. We uh, will look at the group H, which is the Cardiff Devils group. Um, and then we'll go back to get thoughts on what you think. But we'll start with group H. Obviously surprising. And I, I don't mean this to sound the way it is, but it is surprising. It's a massive surprise, a pleasant surprise. Now, there's been a lot of talk around why can't Elite League fans just support each other. Yeah, And in instances like this, I obviously, when it comes to the league and Challenge Cup, we know my thoughts on, you know, other teams around the league. I'm like, you know, 
it's yeah. the Giants and that's the way it is for us. And, you know, we don't really want to wish the other teams luck in, in domestic championships. But when you've got a team from the Elite League, Card Devils, sitting top of a group in the CHL with eight points from four games played, that is, it's not something you, it's not something to sniff at. It's not something to look past because that is amazing. That's great for the for the Cardiff Devils. And it hurts me to say that because over the last few years, my my irk for the for the Cardiff Devils has actually risen to the point where I actually think I, they annoy me more than actually Nottingham and Panther and Sheffield ever will. But Cardiff Devils, fair play, eight points from four games played, followed by for Lunda, which again, let's let's put it in context for Lunda Indians, like you know. Yeah. They're sitting in the same group. Mr. For, CHL. They're sitting for Lunda's group, and for Lunda are only sitting with seven points for four games played, followed by Minefield HK with six points for four games, and um, the Grays 99ers are sitting with three points from four games played. I mean, guys, this is... I mean, they're doing really oh, well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, um, yeah, no, there's no way to doubt it. And I, I've, uh, whenever it came to it, I was sitting watching some of the comments on the, the sort of blogosphere, or whatever they call it. Um, blogosphere, yeah, because it's on the interwebs, in the interwebs, <laughs> blogosphere, yeah, on the uh, you know the social webs, um, and it's just some of it's sickening. Like, and I'm all for giving the opponent team a bit of a ribbon, but it, it's like whenever they've got like by supporting the by supporting Cardiff has no drawback because if we manage to meet them in the CHL. We've both won by that stage. Yes, you know? yeah, I know exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I can't see it happen. But the, the, the um, Cardiff have played fantastically. Yep. In the few games, just pure. Some of this is, and I think a lot of this, as I've mentioned earlier about Lord, he's learnt from the what three, four seasons they've been in the CHL, and he's built on that every year. Now he didn't have a great year last year, but he has built up and he's taken what he's learnt and he's put it all to play. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the big. The big benefit, and the that's the, that's one of the things that doesn't bother me with the Giants losing the games they've lost. This is the first time Adam Keefe has taken a hockey team. Sorry, has been part of a hockey team in the CHL. You know, it's completely new. He has, um, in memory, I don't think he played anywhere else in Europe before coming to the Giants. You know, he's very North American style, very North American focused to play in a very very european setup um and do well he's not yeah. no mm-hmm. no nothing to take like the the losses he's lost he the, that team did not just roll over and take it there was fight even in that uh Liberic game away where the result looks very one-sided was not a one-sided game um and i think that he'll take like if he if we win the league at the end of the season and we're back there next year i could see a, a drastic improvement um, how we do next year because you just every time you go to these games you learn um and the 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 win that first home win was like it was really weird watching that game it was like watching a you know a cup final you know like watching the playoff final game and it was body smashing everywhere goals every two seconds you know up and down the ice it was just it was nuts and then for um osberg to come back and the same again it was just mind-blowing yep um now we narrowly lost out in that win. Narrowly lost out with an overtime goal, but I wouldn't be well. You can agree with me or not, but I think they were probably two of the best ice hockey games I've seen in Belfast. I gotta say, they for me the Continental Cup um, games that we played last season were up there for me for some of the best nights that I've experienced in, the, in, in for hockey in the arena in a long, long time. 
and these two games i i think i mentioned to you at that game especially at the labor game i know it wasn't it was the panthers game i had said that a game should not be i should not be feeling this length this amount of stress stress yeah you don't this, deal well this, with stress oh, i don't games. i really don't but I shouldn't be dealing with this length, this type of stress this early in the season. Like, it shouldn't happen. <laughs> not, like, not good for your health. This type of stress <laughs> no. should only happen towards the end of, like, you know, if you're coming towards the end of games where, you know, the league's being decided or the cup's being decided, that should be when the stress, but it happened at these games. And that Panthers game was one of those. And it was, you're right. Um, and let's talk about, let's talk about a bit, a bit about, um, so the, the, the arena itself, the atmosphere was phenomenal. It was a great atmosphere. Uh, uh, we went for we went over we were going for food before the first yeah. game, before the uh, um the Panthers game and as we were as we were meeting to go over for food whatever it was the Panthers fans were doing their their march, march, march across march. um the 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 city from from one part of the city over to the arena and I love Gavin's tweet it, on that what was that one was it was, didn't Gavin tweet that did they put in planning permission plan, yeah did they put in permission <laughs> for the rock yeah um because it was actually another parade in Belfast that day and there was, was there? police everywhere <laughs> um but they. Just the sheer noise that was coming from these fans, and there must have been a good thousand of them. That, I mean, there it. was a massive crowd of them, and they came into the arena and they gave it their all. I mean, they were loud. Now, um, there was this maybe where it comes in that thing of we were talking about, you know, where you know it's family sport. Are people getting a bit too, you know, some things? I will admit that some things. And a friend of mine only ever messaged so a friend of mine messaged me um a couple of days after the game and he never messaged me ever about games like he's not even in, he's not in, he's never he's never i don't think he's i don't think he's never came to a game with us anyway and i don't think actually i so i work with his wife and stuff that's how i know him but he messaged me after these games because he had heard like really bad things that happened over the weekend and i was like no i think you're taking it out of context yes x y and z there was a couple of things happened with yeah. fans there was a bit of altercation not altercations so there was a bit of the fans got the the panthers fans were very enthusiastic a group of them were very enthusiastic like shall the, we say it's their ultras the their ultras way. yeah they're they're, they're they're hardcore fans were very enthusiastic to the point where one of the fans had taken off their their shirt whenever they they scored a goal and they took off their jersey and they were like yeah don't start with the jersey one of the security then women decided, right. can you please, can you put your jersey back on? You can't be shirtless, blah, blah. That resulted in all of the fans taking off their shirts. That's and amazing. So they, were, <laughs> they were all standing with no shirts on and it was just like everyone then started taking their shirts off. So it kind of got to that point. It kind of got to the point where obviously things like, you know, there was these two security women and I felt sorry for them because it was, it would be really hard to control the crowd that was there. And they, these two security ladies tried to do their best to try and keep things under control and they did. But, fans there were Belfast Giants fans who were season ticket holders in that area basically were still supposed to sit in their season ticket seats because the the Panthers fans just took over the area anyway no matter even if it was seats they didn't buy oh. so um yeah. season ticket fans were in still in the same seats but they had to move their seat they had to move from their season ticket seats because obviously the the fans the away fans taken over the area um then there was talk of beer and stuff being thrown over fans and, and someone, got hit someone said they got hit and someone said they got spit on by a fan and whatever else mm. again we can't we can't justify but the fans that we met on that weekend and the fans generally yeah, we met a few of them the though. passion that was shown is kind of what you expected and we it was met a few at the bar before it, the end of the game yeah and it really good. added it did add to the atmosphere i'm not gonna lie it did add to the atmosphere and they and they came out the thing that got me was that whenever we met them it was mid-game draw tie um we met them in mccool's and it was like the their energy level just sort of went boom to normal and they were chatting, how do you think the game? What do you think? Yeah. How do you think the Giants are playing? How do you think uh, Osberg are playing? 
and two minutes ago they were shirts off screaming and shouting waving yeah, above yeah, their head yeah. and they, they seem to be and according to the ones that went away they seem to be all the same whenever they yeah. were away. I mean the way the way, it makes me so jealous that we didn't go like, but the way f- from the feedback we've been getting from things that we've been reading and, and you know friends of ours who were there and stuff and, and have mentioned about things that happened but things like the um, Panthers fans uh, is they were the Panthers organisation for all Belfast Giants fans who were there the Panthers organisation organised goodie bags for all of the Belfast Giants fans when they were leaving so it had like things like food and stuff in the bags and it had like soft drinks and they had like a voucher for a drink for a beer and stuff and all of the fan the fans as well and this is a fan thing that they done the fans bought each of the player had bought tokens beer tokens and had given out beer tokens to each of the Belfast Giants fans that were in the arena so this is the fan fans did this so again it was a nice and that's a quite a family thing this you know, was, was a, quite, a thank you wasn't it, it? it was yeah, a thank the hospitality you for, they yep. got and the experience they had in Belfast it was kind of like a, a, a thing so you know the fact that the Panthers as a team coming into Belfast and actually took some time to actually experience the Belfast you know hospitality and the Belfast culture unlike Compared some other teams who flew in three hours before the game took in the game and then kept the airport <laughs> open and flew back out again on their private jet um, didn't even take in, didn't even take a chance to even come and see what Belfast was about. But you know, whatever. Um, but yeah, an interesting one. Yeah, no, in that. So we've got obviously the only team, obviously the Giants haven't played yet, and it's coming up in October time. Will be Belfast Giants are going to take on uh, the Leo Hockey, um, and that will be both home and away. And I think that is the eighth of October and the fifteenth of October. I think and is I, the way it works. I'm sort of looking forward to it, pleasantly looking forward to it, but dreading it at the same time. I, as I said last one, I picked up a. SHL game uh, pre-season there and it was a pre-season warm-up and it was fast yep. um, and it was fast and physical for pre-season and it looked unreal and if they bring half, like they bring, it's going to be competitive if they bring their competitive game it's going to be a tough tough one yep. um, and I'm looking forward to it dreading it at the same time they are the um, top seed in our group yep. Um, yep. they're also an ex-CHL winner yep. so Mm, yeah. it's going to be interesting uh, and then looking at Group H then Cardiff Devils I think if I'm right in thinking the only team that Cardiff haven't played yet is Forlunda yeah. um, so it's the two top of the table clash there for Lunda. Yeah. He's got they're going to play for London twice if they can take if they can take points yeah it's the top two teams from each group is that correct yeah, if you remember two, you telling us last time two, yeah. it's the top two teams Cardiff could yeah. could move in to pension for going into the next round it's nothing but, and we mentioned this before where your league performs so position in your group and if you progress it increases your standing in the chl so also in, so it increases your league ranking as well as your team ranking so in the better they do the higher possibility there is that the elite league might get two spots yeah as a standard yeah um so yes it would have been lovely if the giants were also pushing and they may do the points are all still up for grabs if they it's three points for a win so if they get one win and that could push them fairly high in the standings because it's against one of the topper top teams. Yeah. Yep. And if Os- uh, Osberg also win or lose, we could end up being our own destiny. You know, if we win the two, I can't see us winning two games, but if we win one of them and take the other one to overtime, yep. you're There's looking at yeah, opportunities. It's not yeah. it's no by no means dead. Yep. And as much as it's going to be the probably the hardest game out of the CHL, 
Hearts games aren't always the ones you lose. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. Uh, the only other standing dimension, uh, other important standing dimension, just before we move on from this, we will come back to CHL in the penalty box segment. But uh, the only other standing dimension would be that of the fan challenge standings. Yes. Uh, currently, the Belfast Giants lead in the fans, the fan challenge standings. Uh, basically, what that means is if the uh, coming out of the uh, the group stages, if the Giants hold top place, the Giants as an organization get ten grand, I think, nice. as a as a prize. Um, so the Giants actually walk away with ten ten thousand euros. Uh, so it's pretty much ten thousand pound as well because it's almost uh, nearly exactly the same. Uh, so they walk Thank away. With, they get ten grand uh, from fan because the fans basically have interacted and been loud. Um, and then and obviously the fans then because the fans are top of because the Belfast Giants fans are top. Basically, it gives them a higher opportunity for a Belfast Giants fan to win one of the the prizes then it's like jerseys and sockies and vip trips and stuff so yeah keep that going okay i think that's me for or sorry i'm taking over your appearance <laughs> no it's okay um so uh yeah so marty you've got the next topics anyway so do you want to talk about the jamaican hockey team yeah so i just want to mention this because we've talked about this jamaican hockey team i just felt it i felt that it fit it fit in here in this in this period more than anywhere else because obviously we we do look at just general international hockey in this one um so this is the story we talked about this before it was the yeah. whole jamaican bobbisley team jamaican hockey team type thing um where did you make it with them was it was somebody one of an nhl or played with them for like a tournament thing? oh yes I can't remember who it was. Yeah, I've done Yep. Um, I think you're mixing that up with it was another South African team. Oh yes. Crosby, oh, right? oh, yes. Crosby was in, involved. Was. I think maybe mixing it up a wee bit there. But this is the Jamaican team that had no ice plant at home and yes. had nowhere to skate, kind of thing. And they're sort of using other places. Um, so the, obviously this past this past week they took part in a uh, Latin American kind of cup championship type thing, um, where they defeated uh, Colombia in a shutout to a uh, shutout to win the title. Um, this is their first proper like campaign championship that they've won um and they played it at the florida panthers ice den um now in winning this it puts them up the standings to the point where they're almost on the cusp of joining the olympic qualifier stage um so this is something that's quite big so the whole thing is about you know what happens here you know what like you know they're gonna are they gonna come in it's gonna be a proper jamaican bobsleigh story will they join the winter olympics in the future will they have a chance so basically what this means is they basically will give themselves a opportunity to play into the round robin stuff to get into the play like the olympic qualifiers and olympic spaces uh as a result actually i think the biggest story though that came out of this past week and this competition um this championship is that following the win and following this a Canadian, an unnamed, as far as I know at the moment, it's as far as I know, it's been an unnamed to this point. Canadian businessman has actually put money into building an ice rink <laughs> in Jamaica for the hockey team um, as part of this win. So again, it's a story that came out. Um, we'll, I'll look into it and I'll try and see if I can get some more information for the next podcast in terms of maybe if there's any more information about who this person was. Probably doesn't matter. I think what the, the biggest story came out of this was that, you know, obviously this Jamaican team that we talked about, we joked around about, that was a small thing that happened la- last season, I think it was maybe the season before, are on the cusp of coming Olymp- getting into the Olympics, well, at, least, at least Olympic playoff parts. Um, and also the fact that they're actually getting to the point where the, an ion ice rink is about to be built in jamaica specifically for the team following this result but i just thought i'd put that in as a stories because i thought it was fun and um, we'll add this link in for anybody who wants to have a quick i'm read. looking forward to the movie to be released about it that's fine cool thinking. skating cool skating um <laughs> what else could it be called cool skating would have to be the only thing we think of. <laughs> yeah. it is 
that's pretty much it. Uh, my next one, my next story was just one that was um, it was doing the rounds pretty much um, last week, um, where it's kind of been. I don't know if it was blown out of proportion or not. I don't know if it was overblown, but I want to get your thoughts on this and get your opinions. Um, but this was a bit of a story that that broke last week, and it kind of caused a bit of um, outcry from, especially from the Vancouver fans. Um, and this was the story of uh, Louis Erickson, um, who made some some comments, shall we say, um, towards his head coach, Travis Green, in Vancouver, uh, when he was taking part in a interview with Swedish website um, Hockeysverg.se. Um, he basically mentioned to say that um, he didn't, there didn't seem to be enough trust from Green. And he felt that there was a bit of a, a, a breakdown in communication and the two of them didn't get 100% agree and didn't 100% get on. Um, he he was asked a question of why his points, uh, his points, this was after the World Championships, I think, is where this came about. Um, and he was asked why his, um, you know, his points maybe were down a bit more and why he was scratched a bit more in March and stuff in the first time in his NHL career um, and why his production levels were down. And with the Swedish newspaper, he pretty much, put it down to well i think travis green has a lot to play in this and that you know they don't get on and you know maybe he's not the best coach and the best you know person leading the team and there's a few comments made around this um but i think it's to the point now where um over this last week um you know obviously vancouver is back into their training and and everything else and erickson has came out this week to say you know things got a bit overblown you know whatever it was you know maybe it's been taken out of context you know vancouver maybe didn't you know it didn't you know come across the same way in vancouver as it did in sweden and you know everything else um is this harmful i mean this kind of thing we've seen this before in the past is this sort of comment i mean this is a this is a a player who's you know played um who's had a a ridiculous like long season so far you know had a good number of seasons so far um i mean do you think this is quite quite dangerous this going into a season is you know what kind of thing what's your what's your feelings on this it's definitely not going to build trust no. You know, it, like it, it's different if they say if they, I don't know what his contract's looking like. Is he looking out? Is he looking to get traded? Um, has he had enough of uh, Vancouver and wants to change? Um, that's a nice wee way to get yourself out if you break down your relationship with your coach. Worrying thing would be is if he's got like you know five or six years left on his contract, no one's going to want him. Yeah, um, three years left on a six-year contract. Yeah, so he's halfway through a contract now. That probably gives him enough time to repair the relationship. Um, players rarely. Um, are able to um, affect coaches, but coaches definitely affect players. Um, if he has a word with the GM, God knows where he could end up in six to nine months. You know, um, if someone's willing to take that uh, big, the big pickup, and um, with the extra years left, um, but we'll see how it how it pans out. But it definitely does not build trust. No, I mean this is this is an interesting one because it was an interesting comment about the fact that like you know this coming season actually he's probably going to have less opportunity, um, to play top line hockey or even top six ho- hockey top two lines, um, given the fact that Vancouver have signed this season they took on T- uh, J T Miller and Michael Furland, um, both veterans who veteran forwards who have been both signed with the Canucks, um, so the opportunity there you know this doesn't really help his his yeah. standings, um, but I just thought it was very interesting because I the reason why I added this is because it was doing the rounds quite a bit. Um, leading into this this um, this training thing, so a lot of the NHL uh, teams have started their preseason training um, tournaments. Prospect games, uh, prospect games and stuff have started, um, and we'll come back to that in period three. But um, 
uh, an interesting interesting start obviously to that season for Vancouver Fun- Fun- um but we'll talk a lot more hopefully in the coming weeks we'll have a lot more NHL stories coming up and we'll get stuck back into our NHL action um at the moment it's just very quiet on the grounds there uh, in the a lot of our stories just seem to be about professionalism yeah this really se- it does this time around yeah we're so highly professional ourselves yes well you know. <laughs> <laughs> um the only other thing I want to talk about um and I felt it fit in here quite well because I'm very excited about this and actually I'm going to go after this podcast finishes tonight. I'm hopefully, hopefully if they have it, they probably won't have it. So there's probably no point even going, but I'm going to go and see if a certain supermarket has uh, a copy of a certain game on sale tonight. Is it, um, is it meant to go on early? Sale it's somewhere? Well, it went, it goes, so... I've seen people play it, but uh, I don't see the. So if you have pre EAX, so this is the NHL Twenty um, video <laughs> we, game. We haven't told anybody what it is. Yeah. <laughs> NHL Twenty video game uh, is released officially tomorrow, the thirteenth of September. Um, that is an important date, people. Thirteenth uh, of September tomorrow, it's been released, and I'm going to go get it for because um, I've got money that I'm going to for go some buy reason. It for some reason uh, I'm going to use my birthday money stop, to go buy the bragging, game alright <laughs> um, but uh, it's it's main reason one of the I, I pretty much get the game every year I know it doesn't really I change much real, I skip every, every year but you want to get this year to be fair I, got, I didn't buy NHL 19 last year I skipped NHL 19 but then it was free on uh, Microsoft or Xbox Gold this year so i was able to pick it up about three months ago on xbox gold for free which was great i didn't have to pay for it it's only available on the xbox isn't it no it's available um, on on the playstation everything. yeah who has my playstation john, john. um he's got, he's got it in uh wherever he is and are you nearly are you nearly done with your your uh, nintendo switch yet have you been touching it is it really is that for grabs soon <laughs> um uh i bought the switch i don't know how many months ago and i've played it like three times Ooh, that's gonna be up for grabs soon so um, it's there. i'm gonna borrow it uh so yeah this is the this week uh, it was re- released obviously the they released all of the uh, information about the teams and stuff this week and i'm gonna go and get the game tomorrow if not tonight and i'm gonna have a, hopefully have a, a bit of a play of it this weekend um mainly because for the first time ever in nhl 20 you can play as the Belfast Giants because they're in the CHL, which is really exciting. And, the, um, and their jersey is very teal. It's very teal. Very teal. Yeah, it's very teal. It's, it really plays with your contrast on your TV. The 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 <laughs> rosters at the moment aren't up to date, so the rosters are not up to date rosters. So there's players on the rosters who are currently from last year's season, but usually what happens is usually about a month or so into the game, update they update up oh, the rosters yeah. and the rosters okay. will change over and everything else. So at this time, uh, they've released the um, the standings or the the ratings for each of the teams both the Cardiff Devils and the Belfast Giants are in the game and they've released the ratings so the Belfast Giants uh lately EA has given the Devils an overall rating of 66 uh for def- offense 66 for defense and 72 for goalies Belfast Giants then have uh an attacking rate of 60 defensive rate of 70 and are rated 68 when it comes to goalies making the Devils a stronger team overall over the Belfast Giants Boo. surely not their defense is the way to go like surely that cannot be accurate there is a breakdown of uh the player each of the players begin that's because the, the they're not 100% updated they they've got a breakdown of each player to see which ones are uh, of you know what's what's cat which you know what points have been given to each. Obviously, no surprise for Belfast Giants. Shane Owen has um, a rating of sixty nine. Defense, the top rated player is uh, Jim Vandermeer, who's still in the team yeah. uh, with. 80. Oh, that's really bad. They give Dicko and Murph the same. They give Dicko and Murph the same. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. harsh yeah i know a bit harsh um matt palak who is on a current in the team this season has a 71 rating oh i love good the galines 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 whatever his name was galines yeah he's got 62, 62 and he didn't play a game <laughs> uh, when it comes to our forwards um our highest forward on this rating is in the form of patrick dwyer um who no longer plays for the belfast giants but he's in as a 73 followed by our current roster then curtis hamilton with a 71 rating um bottom of the barrel then oh sorry to say bottom barrel i didn't mean to say bottom barrel but the bottom rated uh forward on our team looks to be kieran is it kieran long no garside which garside done as 59 no there's a there's kieran a number Long's 57 so holy moly why is Kieran Long so low <laughs> I know that's, that's, that's really bad so um <laughs> it's an interesting one but have a look at that see what you think um I'm more excited about the fact that I'm just gonna we're gonna boost our ratings obviously in the game because I'm gonna oh, yeah. obviously add us into the team yes but you know that's gonna be amazing Cardiff Devils on the other hand Ben Barnes done as a 64 um with Tom Murdy as their backup as 62 I didn't know they had four how does Murdy have more than Murph 62 uh, in their defense, then their top-rated uh, defensive player is Drew Shilstow, who I don't know if he's is it, no, he isn't current. He's current, isn't he? Yeah, he's current. And then their forwards, they have their top-rated forward on theirs is Ulmer, I think, is his number is a seventy, is their top, and their bottom then is a fifty-seven rated, nope, fifty-six rated, uh, nope, fifty-six rated as Luke uh, Luke Piggott. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's interesting. Um, but we will have a game of that. Have a, a, a play, have a bit of a play around on that. And it's not uh, gonna stop me beating them ten. Though. It's not gonna stop me beating them ten either. <laughs> but I just thought I'd add that in there. Let's get your thoughts on what you think of their fur enough. I, I think that's funny. So, so, so this <laughs> podcast is gonna go out next week at some point because you're gonna go out straight after this podcast and buy the game and then never look at this. Never look at this and record it. Yeah. Okay. Cool. That's it. Cool. 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 No doubt. Amazing. Yep. Um, so yeah, class. Um, I think we're up to go now to the penalty box segment, um, with a load, a load of players that Marty's going to say because I'm never going to get them right. Yeah, well, I'm <laughs> going to just go through the penalty box segment, um, just and and f- finish off this period because obviously, although we said it was going to be a short episode, we've actually actually feels like it's actually been quite a bit. Pure banter, house. I know. Pure, so two, these ones come in the form of we said we'd go back to CHL action and we'll talk about CHL again. And these three penalties are coming from the CHL. Uh, the first one is a bit of a strange penalty, um, which resulted in another penalty. But we'll start with that first. So the first penalty um, we're going to talk about it comes in the form of a fine and a penalty that was taken in the game against um, well, it was Red Bull um, and Ambry Piata. Um, yeah which was CHL disciplinary was taking place that involved an incorrect game clock oh. um, that is not permitted within CHL regulation. So basically what had happened was that the game clock is supposed to be monitored and manned by the each home team. is supposed to make sure that the game clock is accurate and is up to date and everything else. And manuals and stuff say that in conjunction with rule books that the, that the team takes responsibility for that. However, the game clock in this one was not stopped when the whistle until the whistle until the whistle goes. So approximately six seconds later, there was a bit of a difference around that home team gained an extra six seconds of power play time in overtime, which had a massive influence on the game, which meant that the game-winning goal was scored within a six seconds that was basically questioned whether or not it should happen. Ooh, um, Ooh that's harsh. The, the game clock um, the clock was inadvertently stopped early, um, and the game officials then weren't made aware of it fully and the offer X crew did not make the ref, did not basically rec- to say that basically what happened. So CHL then have fined the team 
1,000 euros effective because they didn't follow up. But because of that, then it was an interesting incident then that happened because um, of this gold clock and everything else. And that came in the form of Red Bull Munich's um, coach, Don Jackson. He was sanctioned um, and given a fine also. Um, He got two games probation and fined 2,000 euro for his reactions and the way that he his integrity bringing the game into disrepute and his integrity following this whole issue around unsportsmanlike conduct at the 64 minute was it the 64 minute mark yeah, 60 something 64 minute and something seconds uh but the disciplinary came in the form of the fact that he reacted in a way that the game of the game because of that because of what happened with the game clock and the game didn't go in his favor at that point because obviously it was a bit of an unfair advantage um which you can imagine why he was so angry because it wasn't picked up uh but and as a result again this goes back to professionalism, professionalism. <laughs> um the game official and he basically physically threw down the clipboard on the ice it's verbal it was the most on like uncoordinated throwing of a clipboard yeah it's like if we have it up and then he made a pair pick it up and everything like, he picked it up it's kind of really like and it. then he got, so, he got so indignant when he was told to leave as well he was sort of like <laughs> waving his arms like fucking arm on waving his way when he's going out um, and because he didn't leave <laughs> it was hilarious he also got annoyed he also got um, he also got part of this the suspension the fine sorry this, the fine was because he did not leave the player's bench Within a timely manner, so he took his time to get off the ice, and so they were like, "You're holding the game up, therefore we're gonna we're gonna look at this also." But it was all because of this game clock and because the officials weren't aware of the game clock, and he was trying to make them aware of what was going on. So you can imagine why he got so frustrated. Um, but again, down to that, two game uh probate, two game on probation, and he was fined two thousand uh euro, two thousand euro no, as a as a subsequent. No way, Courtney. No Ed Courtney. No Ed Courtney. No. Uh, two, two, two game uh, NHL suspension probation um, was only served if a future incident occurs during this um, the CHL season. Um, but I thought it was an interesting one. If you're away And does he have to pay the two grand out of his own pocket then? The idea is the players are supposed to pay it themselves from their own pocket. But I think club the, team, the club and the team uh-huh. obviously take the responsibility for that. Which comes into this one because obviously there was another suspension that happened from the CHL. And that comes in the form of Belfast Giants, um, Matt Pellick. Who um, kept him, Matt Pellick, I should say. Uh, Undertaker, Matt Pellick. Um, he <laughs> was. You to put the music in the background? Yeah, he was involved <laughs> in an incident uh, deemed as interference. Um, and uh, this video evidence that was sent through to the CHL, it was a supplementary disciplinary was taken. I think this was a coach's challenge. Challenge, yeah, put this so. in anyway. Um, it's considered that under this, the video footage that was done that the Giants received supplementary discipline under the Rule 149. He was going to take a two-game suspension and was fined €1,200 um, for his excessive body check and it was delivered late and he had no... Um, he basically didn't take into consideration the player that he was going to be hitting up against. Yeah. That he basically was it was basically aggressive. Yeah, no longer in puck possession. No longer in puck possession and everything else. Which I would dispute personally. But it, it looks like a bit of a weak. It, it looks a weak, like a bit of a weak call to be honest. I wouldn't agree with the, with the with the level of suspension that he got. And I'm not saying that because I'm a Belfast Giants fan. But when you take into consideration certain hits that happened the week prior in yeah. the Liberty game, where a player was intentionally who took his out for a month because of a head injury and there was no action taken on that there's a bit of a question around whether or not this this should be a two game suspension considering this, the, their their Leverick's captain only got two games for a check after the play yep which is nuts you know yep. the, you know that's that's off the play after the whistle and he only got two games and then he got two games for 
aggressive interference. Yep. You know, it's a bit harsh. Now, I can understand it looks quite, the check looks quite hard, but and you're talking, yes, the player looks away, looks like he's going to make a pass. Obviously, he makes a really bad play with the puck because it ends up in front of him before the hit. Um, and the Pelic is also committed to the hit. So it's it's a tough one. I don't think it deserves two games. I think no. a game yep. might have been enough. But I don't think from looking at the other suspensions, they don't look like they give out single games. No. Nope. It seems to be doubles. So yeah. maybe that's the lowest penalty they have available to them for subsequently just discipline. So that's why it's two games. This also then leads to a Twitter question from uh Matthew Patton one at Matthew Patton, sorry, I should say, on Twitter. Um his question to us was uh your thoughts on Euro Dops. Is Dops getting too out of touch of today's game? Uh, example the players and game is evolving but has dops changed to adapt to a non-physical game when the players and fans don't want it um, and they're trying to force something that isn't hockey uh, I would say the CHL dops is probably bang on for what the people are expecting now when you're saying that CHL dops has been confirmed as to be the same dops team that reviews the elite league dops stuff so does that make any difference but do they have a do they have a different checklist or do they have a different set of rules do they have... shouldn't be because all IIIHF rules but Elite League obviously has different well, rules why is the quality of that one so much better than the one we have to watch I know like they have like zoom ins and highlights and writing on the screen yeah. and everything uh, clearly they have uh, clearly there's a level difference because obviously they yeah. have more money and bigger budgets for <laughs> that and they're <laughs> they obviously the refs refs, are com- ref level, ref, ref levels are obviously completely different but keeping in mind a lot of this is obviously supplementary stuff that's happened after the calls I think that uh, the how that's landed with the CHL suspensions are bang on. And for the vast majority of the time, I've agreed with the Elite League ones. Hockey in Europe, as much as people don't like it, the hockey in Europe is moving away from that physical play. Hockey in North America is also moving away from that. And it's because of the pace of the game, in the same way that um, American football is also moving away from those head target hits, which used to be the, the norm. Um, you're still going to get the big hits. Um, the difference being is they're going to be reviewed, and um, when they're big open ice ones that you know before you would have got away with, now you're you're going to get questioned on it. If you play like that one there is a hundred percent a two minute penalty on the day. Um, I don't think it deserves the Pelix interference. Definitely two minutes on the day, which warrants when it's off the play, you know, gives them benefit to have a look at it again. And there is call for that to probably be um an, uh, an extra penalty but i don't think it, it's getting the the level right between the number of games and and you know how strict you want to be european hockey is like that we went into this um expecting there to be an awful lot more penalties than, than we've probably seen um from from all sides um it's hard to say it's i think they're adopts I wouldn't want Dops to let their foot off the gas and reduce the amount of reviews they make because yep. that's when, as soon as someone gets injured, we'd be screaming out. For Why example, wasn't Dops? Yeah. For example, the uh, Fredder Galakos debacle. Yep. Um, you know, which is what sparked the increase in Dops. Yep. Um, I would not like to see us go back to that because there was next. There's never a review. You had very few penalties, uh, match penalties given out. And uh, I wouldn't want us to go back, to take a step back. Um, I do think some fans do want to see a more physical game, and it's just getting the the. T- I think the club has to get the balance right. 
Um, I think we're going to see an awful lot more of a physical game from Belfast this season, um, based on what we've seen so far. And hopefully they can play within those rules, because there is a way to do that. For example, that is the only one hit we've seen that's been highlighted. Uh, there's been an awful lot more big hits over the, the, the week and a bit. Um, that If they were in the Elite League, I think would have been reviewed. Um, for example, the hit on... Um, Forsberg, um, you yep. know, that would probably be reviewed in the Elite League, um, and it wasn't, so that's still allowing a bit of physicality to remain in the sport, right or, rightly or wrongly. Um, I do think that we'll see that continue. Um, hopefully, there's the right balance. Um, yep. I, as I said, I wouldn't want to see a step back and remove any of the DOPS reviews. You're better to review too many um, than review not enough. Um, the problem being is you can't, you can't review everything, but you don't want to miss anything at the same time. I think that was the last piece on period two, um, so we'll move swiftly on to period three. Okay, with John not being here, I'm going to introduce period three with our general Noggy news. news. I hope he's sitting there saying it somewhere in the <laughs> yeah, world. Yeah, all of a sudden just went, oh, they've said it. <laughs> I, I, can, I can feel it. I can feel it still my, my, my word, my phrasing. <laughs> the, the quickening. <laughs> <laughs> so looking through the, the list here, uh, Dave and I have put so many yeah, stories we, in we here. Many I really, to talk about I don't think we're going to talk about yeah. Dave and I's stories. I think what we'll do is we'll we'll stick with Marty's. His have been so on par. Like, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so there's a couple of stories there that I can't wait to talk about, but so, I think we'll leave those to the last. What's depends? Oh right, which depends what one you're thinking of. Uh, <laughs> I think we'll amazing. start. We'll start off with the first two. Okay, so um, the first one I have here was this story. I don't know if you guys have seen this. So it was a story uh, in Alberta, Canada. Um, junior hockey. We've. It seems to be the most violence that happens in hockey. <laughs> we talked about this in previous well, in previous amazing, episodes. <laughs> it seems to be the most violence that happens is either between parents and coaches, yeah. coaches and refs, yeah. parents and refs. But in this case, it is a ten-year-old player. Ten? Ten yes, years old. Listen to this. So this is a 10-year-old player in a hockey game in this past Sunday, junior hockey game, uh, re- resulted in a spat between a 10-year-old hockey player and a referee, which escalated to assault. So what happened was a 10-year-old player got into an argument with the referee on the game. The referee told the boy to leave the ice because of his outburst and whatever it was. The incident then escalated because the boy then struck the referee with his stick. Jeez. The referee oh. then pushed the 10-year-old boy down because he'd just been assaulted, which then resulted in the children's, the child's parents getting involved. The boy's relatives then, a uh, 55-year-old man who I think was an uncle or something, and a 30, 36-year-old man was also an uncle. I think two uncles, or it was a father, an uncle, and a, it doesn't matter. Two relatives belonging to the child then chased the official across the ice before tackling him and punching him repeatedly Jeez. for his pushing of the player. Now, it was all caught on TV. The police then are charging the 36-year-old with uh, assault following that. And the 10-year-old boy was not injured during the incident. Uh, this is a part of a turn. Hold on, hold on. Who are they charging? They're charging the 36-year-old player, the 36-year-old uh, guy, the 36-year-old relative uncle of the relative. player. Right, okay. So maybe an uncle or they're whatever They're not charging the ref for no, pushing the No, they're not charging yeah. the ref because, yeah, I think the, the response of the ref mate. Now, again... Let's talk about this, you know, let's look at it from a, a point of the ref has been attacked by a 10 year old player who's swiping a stick. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. doesn't matter what it is. Yeah. A, a player, no matter what age, is 
slicing or striking a trying to strike a ref with a weapon a stick is a weapon let's yeah. be honest and this player was swinging this this stick towards the ref and hitting the ref with the stick mm. the ref then is trying to protect himself by pushing the player over or pushing the player out of his way and the player has either lost balance when he's being pushed back yeah. or pushed out of the way and he's fallen the, the relatives then have responded in the way they have by assaulting this referee a couple of questions raised on this one first of all a 10 year old player escalating to this point getting this angry and this aggressive this, yeah. when a referee is telling him to leave the ice basically i would say this player this 10 year old unfortunately should not be playing this game and if he has no again it comes down to professionalism you don't really have professionalism at 10 years old let's be honest but if he's responding in this way at 10 years old the likelihood is he's gonna be a bit of a hothead and you know should he be playing the game should he be allowed to come back and play like you should judge him at 10 years old though there might there's be still a, a lot of there's yeah. a lot of things going on at 10 years old Marty there could, <laughs> there could be something underlying but again you should never be you know raising at your hand yourself to another person you know, no you shouldn't no but and I don't uh, and the I don't wouldn't, wouldn't argue with the ref's response either um, if the parents hadn't have jumped on the ice I would say that probably would have solved itself I would have and I don't there's no footage of the ref as far as I can find pushing the player I doubt that the ref would have just, you know, if he fell over, I would say the ref probably would try and help him get up. Yeah. You know, and it would probably end up being a chat after the game. And uh, Do you think, like, like, I appreciate what you're saying about the ref, you'd hope the ref would, but yeah, it's not like, it's not like, it's not like his uncle and all just magically appeared on the ice. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I don't think that, um, you know, the referee, it's the same, it's, he's obviously not allowed to hit no, the, um, ten year old. This is not uh, on. It wouldn't, you know, wouldn't float anywhere, um, anywhere in this world anymore. Um, have you seen that we berated the guy with the stick in was it Russia? Yeah. Um, the but it's hard to say. We don't have the full video. Yeah. If we yep. had a video of the, the initial incident, we only have the aftermath. Um, yes, the depends on where they're sitting. For all we know, those could have been the coaches for the club. Um, which we don't know. I think they, they, I think they mentioned though that it was relatives. I think they did put in that piece that it was relatives specifically. I but they really could be relatives and still coaches and team. You know, let's be. say with it being a ten-year-old kid, what would, what would you want the club to be? You're saying about kids shouldn't be playing. Well, I, I would prefer that the club get the kid some sort of. I'm not going to say help because no, no, it, it, it could be. You're right. There could be underlying. There could be underlying thing. There, 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 there needs to be fine. some sort of at that at that age. It's a, a measured response. Yes. Be the term, you know, like if you, we need to, you know, it may be that he might not be allowed to play competitive matches, um, but at ten years old, you only get so much from the competitive match. It's yeah. more about the training. Yes. Uh, and the things you take away when you're on the, the, you're on, you're working with the coaches, you're working with the other players, and build up to, back to matches. Um, and as I said, I don't obviously we don't know the full, we don't get the full video, we don't have the thing. I wonder how much if you know swung at him. Um, he was told to leave the ice. He would have, if he, I, you would hope he would leave the ice after he was fallen over. Then you'd be looking at it. Just would have been supplementary discipline, mm-hmm. and I would say that the ref would have been put in for supplementary discipline as well. Yeah. Um. Where now they have assaulted the referee, which means that that referee has been vindicated. Yeah. Scott yep. Freed. Um. Where you would have been hoping that you could have done a measured response both sides additional training for the the ref to deal with situations and like that and um say competitive ban and training 
or looking into stuff like um, has the child got anger management issues? Is there something going on at home? Um, is there an underlying? Yeah. You wouldn't want you wouldn't you, you don't want the club to turn the back on him at ten years old. I don't think so. Yep. But definitely, it, it's a shock. It's something that we see far, far too much of in junior hockey. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know. Because the last one we watched was the what, the Kung Lao Red yep. Stars, Red Stars full yep. full line brawl, and then yep. there was one earlier in the season, or last the end of last season, where it was a full line brawl because the team was losing. Yep. Um, it's getting like it's re- removing this physicality from the professional game, and somehow it's seeping into the, the, junior the juniors, yeah, um, yeah. which is terrifying. Um, and I wonder if there's there needs to be more work there rather than you because know, I want the things like I doubt they still have the same level for things like concussion checks and, and stuff that at junior level because it's meant to be less physical but obviously it's not yeah um, and we'll see it would be interesting to see how that what pans out going forward with it yeah okay my next story um that's okay I'll move on to that one so the next story I have is obviously this past weekend uh seeing uh women officials um being used um as refs for the first time in official NHL experience games if that makes sense so this past weekend seeing the uh, nhl prospect tournament or prospect prospect uh, yeah nhl prospect tournaments um both uh, in a number of different cities including california uh buffalo nashville and michigan um and in each of those a official uh four women officials then were used to um officiate these games uh big step um obviously having the women officials um on as refs fully on as refs um and controlling these games um and it's a it's a step up and, and i think there was a discussion had over the last number of years whether or not this was a progression and showing of um the future where women refs will be starting to come into the uh level of nhl um there was uh, talk of definitely AHL action um, last season and potentially this season seeing the first female uh, ref in, in the AHL level coming up this season. But this is a talk around NHL level stuff. Um, now, it's a great move forward um, for them. And when asked um, under um, the conversation was had with the NHL vice president um, around the, obviously after following the combine and um, including the refs and stuff and after these games and whatever else, the question had been asked, does he see a time when women will become refs within the NHL? Uh, his response was that after the last lockout of 2013, um, the conversation was had around that women officiating in the NHL one day is going to happen um, and we are a step closer now that this has happened obviously this past week and the reason being he is saying that they've always said that no matter what gender female or male it doesn't matter what the gender is of the referee it's what they're looking for is the best quality referee mm. that's going to officiate the game and officiate at that standard um, what he is saying is that there is a number of female refs already out there who are performing to a level that is NHL quality and standard um, and that the bigger picture is showing that hopefully in the next few years time if not sooner that with female refs within the game isn't going to be something that's going to be unusual so this is only like a as, as it says experience like a job experience kind of okay. yeah kind of prospect terms it's a bit like it's a bit like this year was the first time that the uh giants um oh no giants what am i talking about this is the first time this year was the first year that they had the female hockey participants at the all-star weekend um doing like warm-ups and showing the showing like the audience exactly what how certain things performed this is remember this is the story that happened yeah, the, where fastest, the, not the fastest, the fastest shot. shot actually came from the fe- a female all weekend but yet the 
Neil was awarded the prize money and everything else, and then they went backtracked and were actually, you know, you're right. So they, yes. the NHL gave yes, money to that. the female game and to her, and then she put it into female hockey and development and stuff. So this is just another level of where they're saying that you know, coming in the next three years, there's going to be you know, female uh, refs on the on the level. I just wanted to highlight this because because I thought it was a really good story and it's just something we could maybe just add. And we uh, we've seen a bit of that uh, the last few seasons with uh, Liv and the yep. linesman in the Elite League, who by far was the best lines person in our league um the she was able to keep up a, a better pace than some of the liners we have and you never i can never remember a time when i went oh no that was up uh, there's no way that was offside or whenever it was her as an official uh, an official and i thought she might take a step to ref in, in the elite league but it didn't ever seem to happen i think she went back um do another league yeah she, she originally played i think the i think the mar- argument is that um obviously if if women refs um can officiate at a high standard for example, the women's games at the Olympics, double NC double A NCAA standard division ones, mm. um, world championship women's world championships. Then there's not really much difference in terms of no, like maybe no. maybe making that and step. It, like whenever you're looking at uh, hockey at that level, whether it be male or female, the pace is still phenomenal. Um, you know, it doesn't just because it's a it's a woman ice hockey game doesn't make it any faster or physical than if it's a, a male one. Some of the the ladies Olympic games are unreal. And it's about time we start to see that um, sort of filter into the into the NHL. Yep. And do you think most do you think people would know? Like the <laughs> yeah, good question. You know, is it going to make much of a difference to the game? Probably not. You know, and people aren't going to make it. I think the first time it'll be like a there's a woman in the game. Whenever yeah, whenever the first, first like the first football ones, the first time we seen live as well. There was a whole big <gasps> yeah. It's like oh, and what? there's a during our pre seasons. We have a, a female lino, I think, as well. But is their hair um, not tied up and all? So yeah, you like when you when you, when you're actually looking at the ice, unless someone told you, would you know? No, yeah. probably not. I can remember whenever the first football linos um, were announced a number of years ago. There was, I guess, whole because it's you know the UK and tabloids and oh my god, there's female yep. lines people, and there has been for years, and nobody talks about them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's not putting it down. That's sorry, I don't want that to come across oh, yeah, that no. I'm putting it down at all. I'm, I think it's, it's amazing, opposite. but it's like. It's it shouldn't be it's not it shouldn't be an issue. <laughs> yeah. uh, last story. Um, these are the, these are the ones that I really want to talk about. This is the last story. Um, <laughs> and this is this came out this week. So uh, this past week, this? Um, no. literally happened this week. Um, Alex Ovechkin uh, turned up uh, with a classroom of I don't know what second grade is. Does anybody know what second grade? Is? Does anybody know the grade system in it's America? It's a grade after the first grade. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> um, but yeah so this past week uh, this past week he turned up uh in a second grade classroom um with a um for, with breakfast for the for the for the class um he showed up uh on tuesday morning um burst through the open door uh pushing a shopping trolley cart full of cereal boxes um and he has unveiled his new ovo's which is special Ovechkin cereal, OVO cereal. Um, some interesting things. So the OVO cereal um, is going on sale specifically in Washington alongside Maryland and Virginia and Delaware um, starting from next week. Uh, it's honey nut cereal featuring Ovechkin on the box, whatever it is and everything else. The main reason for this is that it's part of a campaign that he's trying to do for Children's Cancer Foundation. And so the sale of proceeds from the sale of the OVOs will benefit the Maryland based Children's Cancer Foundation. Um, and money from each of the sale of each of the boxes will go to that charity. Um, 
this was an interesting one. It was just funny to see watching the video and stuff and him turn up with these cereal boxes of this face on the cereal box and everything else. And well, it's for a really good cause and everything. Um, obviously, it's it's a very, very good cause. Can I ask a random question? Yes. Right. We haven't played any NHL games yet. What the heck's wrong with his face? Why is his face bashed up? <laughs> that was my... I was thinking exact same. Why has he got a really bashed up face? If that's the experience of eating Nobis O's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if he turned up and it, you didn't know it was Alexander Ovechkin, you would not let him into your kids' class. <laughs> <laughs> the footage itself showed, obviously, him turning up for uh, in the schooling and feeding uh, the kids in the school. Uh, there's also part of it where he uh, shows up in a a grocery store as they call it in america or a shopping or a shop shop here shoppy um, shop <laughs> shop uh, Aveskin then was wearing a work t-shirt a giant work t-shirt with an ov name tag on the front um and he was stocking the shelves of um aisle eight obviously because obviously it is his number oh, very good. Uh, with three cases of ovios as well um and i think he also turned up at a hospital as well and done the same at a hospital unveiling the cereal uh, but this isn't the first time a uh, a hockey player um has endorsed something odd or strange um some people might think actually cereal isn't that odd or strange to endorse but you know what it's still you know it's a bit of an interesting one he's got his face on hot the only people think was the olympic teams in the past have had their name mm-hmm. their faces on um cereal boxes but this led to me looking to see what has been some of the odd things that hockey players have endorsed in the past so five top uh endorsements that have been weird in the past so first one was pavel datsuk um advertising for eye health and eye care and, and opticians um in detroit um it's an interesting one but it's i think the interesting one is just it's such a still video of his advertisement <laughs> it's like borderline you know um like cringeworthy um like we've seen we've seen we've seen that past the star wars one with <laughs> yes. um, oh, castle, yeah, Phil castle. it's almost borderline on that he we should also be doing have, a burger in my opinion yeah, we also yeah. have in the early 90s um brett hull was uh advertising for snow race like um snow racers snow racers which are like basically uh sledges for for outdoor and snow uh they look really uh, tiny i was gonna say they i do. couldn't figure out what they were i thought they were going on your feet they're sl- you sit on them i'm pretty right, sure okay. the snow racers yeah right, um okay. i think they're sledges i think if i wa- if i watch the video correctly i, I think i'm yeah because i watched it earlier i thought there was no there's a steering wheel so yeah your toes can't steer yeah so yeah <laughs> you definitely sit on them the other ones then are there's two and yammer Ye- jaeger seems to be the uh I love the title, Yammer Jagger advertising something. <laughs> yeah, so it's very hard. The first advertisement was quite hard to understand exactly what he was advertising. It it, it is a bit of an interesting... First guess, you kind of thought, is it a smoke alarm system? Uh, is he selling cakes? Really, really hard to understand. Um, but actually turns out that he's actually uh, selling... It's actually a lottery company that he's actually endorsing. <laughs> okay. It's very odd. Very, very strange advert. Um, but he's not... He, he must be just like really prone to um, endorsements um, because the second weirdest one... One was obviously his Jaeger peanut butter, which had his name on the actual peanut butter as well, um, <laughs> where she endorsed a self-branded peanut butter, which um, which just is interesting. The start of that video, from what I've heard, because I've never obviously visited any of these types of sites, that looks like a the start of a fairly dodgy video. <laughs> what the, from the, what people the tell peanut me. butter one or the no. the, the, far, the 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 woman having a party and setting off the fire alarm <laughs> yeah. to get the fireman yeah. to arrive, yeah. and he runs in on his own. Yes. <laughs> Um, and then the other one then, which was a, quite an interesting one, was um, obviously the, uh, the the famous Gretzky 1982 commercials uh, in Canada uh, where he was um, 
done or he was uh, promoting and endorsing a self-branded great western jeans um and the commercial is just everything if you haven't seen it it's it's amazing but the, uh, the commercial a 30 second of the commercial is pretty much just dedicated to uh gretzky's butt and just pretty much shows his butt the whole time. Yeah, I don't know what that is. I haven't touched that. I think. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> Can you see me going? What yeah. is this? Yes. Why have we yes. um, I'm we'll not just put the link sure up and then because uh, it says why peanut butter. Well, and then it says there's a video video footage of. I'm pretty sure is that Jaeger. Um, I, let, let's like click to see what or it says more information because I'm quite <laughs> interested to see what this is about. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm. Yeah, I don't know. We can use that word, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, it's yeah. You go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the, there's closed captions on the video. So why did on you decide? Oh yeah, peanut butter. Uh, oh, there you go. Um, why did you decide to do peanut butter? Well, for a month, uh, he was injured for a month, and then um, if you get peanut butter, he's told if he gets peanut butter and rubs it on his groin, that will fix everything. Because <laughs> <laughs> it has secret healing powers. There's a video. <laughs> Stick it up. But yeah, rub on my groin is exactly what I see. the title of this episode is going to be, isn't it? Rubbing the groin. <laughs> rubbing my groin. <laughs> Can we get away with that? Not, we can't tell John the name of the episode. Now he sees Can it online we get away with that? I don't know. Will we try it? We'll... Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Anyway, let's move on. Amazing. Um, I think that's the last of the story. One so hand off period three. It's all just sort of derailed. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing to, for the penalty box. Funny enough no. for for all that news. Okay, so then we're moving on to the next bit. Yeah, so we'll move straight on to our new and improved stars segment. Uh, star segment is uh, the part of the show where we get to nominate our goal game player something that we think deserves our star of the episode uh and as of starting from last episode we have now done uh, each of us will be able to put forward our suggestion for our star uh make a reason for why it's our star for this 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 episode and also then we've put it out so that the fans can choose a star also after we've put our our our, our case forward of who we think our star is we'll put it up for um when we release the episode um, the next day, we will also put up our stars and allow the fans then to decide on the f- overall star of the episode and they'll be awarded our star of the episode. Uh, Dave, uh, you won this past week um, and you, 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 you've you got us an award. Yeah, because I won it, so I thought my was awesome. Do we, do we get to, like if we win that week, do we get to, is it one of those, is it a rolling thing? You yeah. get to bring it home. Yeah, you get to bring it home. Yeah. You don't have to buy yourself one every time you win. No, you get to bring it home with you and you get to like, oh, I, I have it on your mantelpiece. I thought piece. this was going to be at the end of the year you got handed this, but this is a real, like, so when a fan. You get to keep it. When a fan at the end of the year wins, you get to keep it, yeah. Okay, when a fan wins, who do we give it to? We'll take a photo of it and put it up on the, on, on Twitter and be like, fans <laughs> win there this, you go. this week. We'll, we'll throw it up to Boomerang. <laughs> How do you know the person's from Boomerang? No, it may not be. Fairly good chance. Um, it's be. But yeah, it's, this is no no expense spurred. No I've got to admit, yeah. this is this is pretty impressive. In, we engraved and everything. We have an engraved door fourteen hockey stars yeah. winner. Still trophy. better than the challenge, and it's cup. actually a star. And it's actually a star. It's, yeah. it's beautiful. We'll take a photograph of it. and We'll put it up on our on our um on our on our and. Or social medias and Dave you are the rightful winner f- from last week yep. uh, you chose uh, Patrick um, Patrick Wonka, Wonka. Wonka as our as your first star 
I think you kind of went for an easy one, but you also got him involved and you got, his you got involved. everyone involved in it. So and well no done. You got more votes. So yeah. no, well done. You went to the effort. <laughs> um, I came second with my selection of, oh my God, I've completely forgot. Radix and uh, John came last. Flushed it. Flushed it. Flushed it. Yeah, the corporate shill that he is. Corporate shill. Aye, so, yeah. I have to say a big thank you to uh, Ranka, Boomerang, and to Karavice for their pushing of the same vote so cheers thank you everybody so uh, dave is now currently one up on us all so this week's segment uh let's get your thoughts and opinions uh let's start dave with your choice for yeah. this star something that's seen as you're the current winner yeah sure so um i um yeah, i i, I had my concerns when we lost besco and we signed shane Owen, and i hadn't i had been happy with his performance um, I haven't seen very many anything to shout about. It sounds really bad. He the preseason games he had done relatively well. The um, the um, first CHL game he performed admirably, um, but again, in my opinion, could have done better um, against opposition. But the game in a way to Osberg Panthers, Shane Owen put in, in my opinion, the best performance I've seen. Um, in a long time from a netminder. Um, he was unbelievable. Um, now, he let in goals. We didn't win the game. But he, in my opinion, proved that he deserves that role. Um, and I've picked him for my star. So Shane Owen for me. Okay, perfect. That's a good choice. Um, I think you're. I think it's, it's a really good choice for this this week. Um, I've got to agree with you. I think his performance this past week, um, CHL action has been phenomenal. Um, and I think he definitely deserves that yep good uh i'm gonna move on to john's next john's not here but he sent his um he sent his one in because he's also chosen a goalie for his choice um and he's chosen uh guilford flames travis fullerton as his star for this week's podcast um he has put down for his uh travis fullerton's amazing and i have to say it is a pretty impressive save his high leg save um in in the video footage and the in the um the for um in in the video footage we'll put what what i have to say is when we choose a specific game if we choose a specific reason we will show that show those videos with you on twitter so you can kind of see what we're talking about so you can kind of get an idea of why we're why we're nominating them so travis fulton and we'll put the video up um and john's choice is that for guilford aaron we'll move on to you next i feel like i haven't stopped talking about these guys in in this podcast is like the third time i've shouted out about them um, my star is actually not to a single player, but to entire an, an entire team. Um, this is not to put away from what the what the Giants have done, uh, getting to where they are. But my star se- uh, segment goes out to the Devils this week, as a whole. Ooh. Um, I think they have done amazingly well in the CHL. Well, I think <laughs> the results are speaking for themselves. They're they're top top of their group at the moment. Hopefully, moving on to the next. And it's not just. It's a lot of the stuff that we've talked about in this podcast, not just as well as they've done as a team, but what they're doing for the, the actual league itself, bringing, bringing that focus on them. So for that reason, I'm putting the devils forward. Okay, perfect. I think they're doing great. Great. Uh, my choice um, is a star goal um, for my star segment choice. Um, this was a 
KHL goal actually it was um, the KHL opening weekend um, for Avangard and this is a blue line goal from defenseman Maxim Trudinov uh, if you haven't seen it it's phenomenal um, he it's he's clearing he comes out of the scone he comes back clear, he's clearing the air he's clearing his own defensive zone he skates out from behind his own goal line um, his own goal a goal line and comes up to just below just before the blue line and he strikes a rocket of a shot and it just slides through the paths of the opposition goalie. And it just, just, it's just pure luck, but it just looks amazing. So that's my choice is for a goal. And we'll get the video up um, so you can choose, uh, so you can see the video first off, first and foremost, and uh, you can make your choice as well. Uh, last but not least, uh, we put it to you guys, the fans, to see uh, who your choice is for this week's star segment. So we had a number of choices coming in. Uh, we had one um, fan, we had one choice of Shane Owen, which um, Dave yeah. got there first. Uh, we also had a choice of um, from a couple a couple of people have mentioned it, and also it was uh, reinforced by a number of likes. Um, and that would be a star nomination for Kevin Rain. Um, PK, his overall performance in the fight. his fight, his overall performance the in hair. the CHL, the her, <laughs> uh, his overall just sheer performance, and I think his quality of play um, speaks for itself in the CHL. And what we had agreed was that if the whoever whatever whatever whoever got there first in terms of nominations and whoever and you know gets to choose so the fact that the fans got kevin rain in there first and it was endorsed by other fans we kind of rightly and fairly give it to um to the fans because i think each one of us may have chosen kevin rain, so we're not saying it's a pre-fix of who's going to win this <laughs> week but kevin rain's a really strong choice um so kevin rain the fans have chose kevin rain there was a couple of other choices uh daniel mcdonald um at d mcmdt uh, suggested Liam Morgan as a potential. He oh, said, yeah. kid's playing well beyond his years, took the top sco- score jersey without a hint of hesitation and threw the puck on the net for a great assist with Wardy's goal. And Banners on the Wall uh, also put forward a bit of a tongue-in-cheek star of the week he, that he um, put forward. Richard Crowe, uh, anyone who managed to get released two games in the preseason deserves recognition. It's pretty impressive. Uh, so your stars are uh, noted. Um, so we will get that up on uh, our Twitter account and we'll get you guys voting for that as of release tomorrow. Okay, uh, last but not least, we'll move into our overtime segment. Uh, we don't really have much for overtime segment because I kind of put it into our period too, but we have a couple of, tw- we have one Twitter question that we need to get to that was asked and we feel it needs to be addressed because it was a question that was asked and this is from Patrick Smith. Patrick Smith from the uh, View from the Bridge podcast. May have heard of him. May have heard of him. Uh, Patrick uh, is asking, how long is a hangover acceptable suffering from a weekend of German excesses? <sighs> Guys, uh, I'm going to take this one if it's okay. Sure, go ahead. Um, so scientifically, um, you know, continuing from a scientific point of view, you know, when you're the age of uh, Patty, you know, in your 50s, uh, you know, recovering from a hangover <laughs> um, does take a lot longer. Um, metabolism slows down. Body takes longer to eliminate alcohol from your blood. Fewer cells available to you know absorb that alcohol. Did you know? And this is from research I did today because I was like, <laughs> "What is the what is the link between hangovers and age?" Did you know there's an optimal age for uh, hangovers? And once you get to this optimal age, hangovers become a lot worse, and it's you like, can no longer. I'm- I feel like it's 30. 30 is when then when everything starts to go downhill. Okay. You said 30, Dave? <laughs> I, I must be. But I, he said 30, so I'm going to go 25. 
So uh, it actually is 29 years of age, is oh, what they say. Okay. 29 years of age. Research carried out and showed that uh, among the research that was done with the number of uh, people, this 29-year-old male is what they say is actually the easiest way is until you're a 29 year old male it seems to be the kind of thing is like you know absorbs it is is what would you say because he's obviously a male so we're looking at that in female what do you think is the age range um 35 yeah i was gonna say higher as well yeah slightly higher 31 oh, um so yeah th- 29 to 30 31 is the age range so you're kind of spot on there uh but in patrick's obviously patrick's uh, range because obviously he is slightly older um it's gonna be slightly <laughs> harder for him to metabolize that alcohol stay hydrated maybe stay That's- hydrated um you know i i always say hangovers my hangover cure not for everyone but my hangover cure is a china sandwich Oh, really and weird. A bottle of oh. used to be a bottle of Lugazade. Don't drink a Lugazade anymore because oh. it doesn't taste the same. Uh, but yeah, look at uh, a tuna sandwich. I'd take Lugazade, you a while. I have to stir it and be like, I have to get over this. McDonald's. McDonald's, McDonald's. okay. Yeah. McDonald's. Greasy McDonald's. So greasy, salty McDonald's. Food. Uh, greasy food. Yeah. What or like, like, you know. Um, pint. Not even a pint. You know, you know, ju- you know, like Coke, you know, that like fountain Coke or whatever it's called. You know, the Coke. Oh, the yeah, spray stuff. You know, the, yeah. the spray stuff. That is probably the best one for me. So that and a, and a tuna sandwich is my hangover cure. Um, I my my tendency is to try to prevent it. So uh, people go, oh yeah, have a glass of water every three pints or whatever. Have a burger. <laughs> have a burger, <laughs> burger every, three every three pints. Every three pints, have a burger. <laughs> and if you can't get a burger, stop drinking. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so that was the only thing we had for our uh, our overtime segment. Um, are we? Do- I don't know. We can do it if you want. Do you want to- have you got something for yeah, it? Yeah, of course. Of course so we have a new segment that we want to start, but obviously a uh, certain certain person wasn't here last week. Um, so he's going to have to maybe do like the odd alphabet letter more. He's going to have to maybe do one or two more each week. Oh, if you've I missed out. Well, if you're going to try and do it for the full season, we only have like 12 episodes per season. So you're going to have to do like... This pretty- goes over two seasons. All right, we'll do That's it. Fine. That's fine. So um, we, we over the summer, um, Aaron has been learning more about hockey. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to explain how you've been learning more about hockey? This is a new so, segment we're calling Aaron's ABCs of Hockey. I hope you're going to insert some cool I jingle am, there. That's why I done that. Yeah, nursery rhyme. Wait until you hear it. Yeah, wait until you hear it. So the reason this has come up because is that every night I read my son um, a story, um, three of his favorite books. One of them maybe is forced upon him. Um, <laughs> uh, one is called Wonky Donkey. Uh, one is called That's Not My Doggy. And the other, which is maybe forced upon, upon him, is the ABCs of hockey, which goes through the alphabet and A is for duh, B is for whatever. Okay. Um, so we thought it would be a good idea to learn the ABCs of hockey. Um, maybe, maybe, for, maybe for some people more than others, but yes. <laughs> well, <laughs> So saying, you might not know, I'm maybe not the smartest guy in the world when it comes to hockey. So this is quite helpful. Yeah. So, well, I'll put it out to use first. What do you think A, when it comes to hockey, stands for? Mm. In the A, now we're going by the book. You can go out, buy it on Amazon. We'll maybe put a link up. <laughs> we do not get endorsed in any way. We don't get in any way. Maybe um, assist. Assist. Arena. Okay. Arena. And John, well, John's not here. So... <laughs> So he got it wrong. So he got it wrong. And Dave is correct. Now, Whoa! obviously, obviously, uh, Marty, you're correct as well. Assist, assist is there, but A is for arena. 
Um, now, just so that we're not going as for arena and then we move on, I'm going to ask you a few questions. Oh okay. Oh God. Okay. Um, what do you think the largest any or where do you think the largest NHL stadium is? Oh, this is really good. I like this section now. <laughs> uh, Calgary, Saddledome. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go with. Um, I'm trying to think. Um, um, L A. L.A. Kings, whatever. What's their one called? I can't remember what they're just called. Right L.A. Kings Arena. I can't remember what the name of it is. Okay, neither. Ah, <laughs> is it? Um, it's the Bell Center. Bell Center. Oh, um, Montreal. Montreal. Oh, okay. I think someone's been there. <clears throat> yeah, <laughs> he would have got that right. Too. Yeah, he yeah. Got that right. <laughs> he got that right. Capacity of uh, twenty-one thousand three hundred and two people. Yeah. Um, followed by United Center, and then the Wiles Fargo Center at number three with nineteen thousand. Uh, what? What? Where did you say, Dave? Saddledom. 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 Is it still Saddledom? Mm, might be closed. No? Maybe that's what she is. Thought it was big. It was not scrolling awful yeah, down far. Never worry. Okay, what, scrolling what awful down far. I I'll find that out. Um, what about the smallest? XL Energy Center, uh, Minnesota. Uh, no, no. We said Minnesota was like third or something. Did you not no, say? No, you said the. Um, is um, Florida Panthers? Is theirs quite small compared to the others? No, it's huge. Is it huge? Is it it's okay? Massive. Oh. Is is it like a really surprising one? Is it like something like is it something like <gasps> uh, the Rangers? Uh, it, it's New York Islanders. Oh. Oh. With a measly thirteen thousand. So, what? <laughs> that's measly. What are the bottom couple? So where are we? That, that's the that's the bottom list there. New York Islanders, Winnipeg, New York. Oh, so it's both the, the both the New York Islanders stadiums are tiny. Ah, yeah. Wow. Look at us learning. There we go. Oh, maybe that was it. Did that stadium close? Oh, sorry, the Bell Center closed. That's my my fault, isn't it? No, no, sorry. I'm it's wrong. first game's no still. Bell Center still. So there we go. Um, and do you think any of the original six stadiums are still going? I know Toronto isn't. Can you remember what the original six are? Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we do your hockey podcast. I know, I know. <laughs> I'm trying to think which ones, if any of them still. No, I, I wouldn't be able to tell you what the original arenas were. Is, no. is New York, is New, no, New York, are they still, they didn't play it. No, they wouldn't have played that. They wouldn't have, no. They would have played Madison Square Garden at the start No. Yeah, Madison Square Gardens is the oldest arena yeah. in the NHL. Yeah, yeah. But I believe it's not the first, it's not the first Madison Square Gardens. There's been a couple yeah. of Madison yeah. Square Gardens. Um, but no, there. Uh, I've got a link there, and some of them are car parks, and some of them are uh, shopping malls, and things like yeah, that. Yeah. Julius is. Yeah, I didn't think anyone would be still around. No, too long ago. So there you go. Um, that is A is for arena. Aaron, I apologize because I learned something that was amazing. That was really good. I like it. <laughs> really good segment. Cool. You got to keep up with that. That's really good. Um, okay, thank you very much. Uh, that takes us to the end of our podcast for this week. It actually has been a bumper podcast. Um, <laughs> with after no saying topics it was to talk about. With no, it's actually been really long. Who the talk about with like John shouting over? Exactly. Um, <laughs> if John was here, it would have been a three-hour-long podcast. Um, so I know if John was here, it would have been a three-hour-long podcast. 
Ah, <laughs> <laughs> hey. oh, John. Oh, you're not He's not even going to get that. <laughs> uh, that takes us to the end of this week's podcast. As usual, uh, you can check out um, all of the content from this episode um, and follow us on, check out all of the content from this episode, previous episodes, and also blogs and everything else at our website, door14hockey.com. Uh, check out our social medias, get involved, uh, send us your Twitter questions questions and content for what you think should be in our next podcasts put forward your fan of the match or your fan of the the, the your fan of the your star segment sorry your your star for uh our star segment and uh get involved that way and you can get in t- touch with us on all social medias twitter facebook and instagram at door 14 hockey that leaves us then to sign off for this week my name is marty i'm dave i'm Aaron. have a great week <laughs>